And we are back for another episode. How's it going, guys? I've been trying to get you two together for a little bit now. It's great <laughs> to see you both on the screen. I'll say that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have Pat here to carry me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> carry me too, believe me. <laughs> I mean, that's a... Uh... God, you threw me. I didn't expect that to be the comment, uh, Mike. You threw me to threw me to the left a little bit, you know. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, you don't get enough. You don't get enough praise, Pat. But you know, so it's uh, so you deserve it, and uh, and uh, it's it's cool that you're on the show with me. We missed, we missed, we didn't connect the last time, so I'm glad we're on together at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, Matt. Thank you for having me on. I'm sure Mike says the same uh, same sentiment. You know, um, anytime, you know, I've been kind of missing this, you know, I've been, I was doing Reed show once a week for, you know, 11 weeks. And then that took me right into my season. And, you know, a lot of the people I interview, they're all recovering right now from their season. So I've been, uh, been needing some, some of this. So thank you for having me on. Hey, love to have yeah, you thanks. both on. Seriously. Thanks, Matthew. And Pat's such a hard work. Pat Pat's such a hardworking guy. Like he's he's in the field. He's doing a lot of other secret stuff. Can't really get into all that kind of stuff. He's <laughs> he's lived a, he's lived a lot of different lives, and he covers inside and out of all these leagues. So so many discussions with him about salaries. He pays attention to a lot of stuff that other people don't. And then all of a sudden, the Adam Schefters of the world and all these guys are picking up on some of the stuff Pat's been. Pat's been focusing in on crazy stuff like that. I love, like I'm a football nerd, like how many quarterbacks have started this season in the NFL, the last few years, that kind of uh, career earnings for USFL and XFL players, you know, uh, all that like unique kind of unique stuff that, you know, like football nerds love Pat's covers it. He covered the quarterbacks like crazy during the USFL and XFL seasons, backwards and forwards, ranking them. Um, so, you know, Love got a lot of love early on when he had the the perfect game, uh, not Jordan Love, the other Love. Uh, so um, yeah. you know, got so and then he kind of faltered and all that came back a little bit later on. But you know, it's like that's I'm a football nerd at heart, and so um, if I wasn't in this space writing, covering this stuff, uh, Pat would be a, like uh, would be a, a safe haven to get away from some of the craziness in the old football world, just to go to a guy who's like on top of things. So it's cool that he's on with you, Matthew. And thanks for having me on. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm right here. I'm showing everybody at home. I've shared this on my socials and it's on Pat's Twitter. <clears throat> it's a YouTube video you recently made Pat. And it, it was when the merger dropped, correct? Did this drop on like November 30th as well? Uh, I think it was either the 30th or the 28th. I mean, I mean, that was a pretty, crazy day on multiple fronts i had uh you know some football coaching stuff i had going on i had some work stuff going on and then right in the middle of it um you know fun fact on that day matt sexton got signed by the patriots and that was the least cool thing that happened so <laughs> who would have thought that my matt Se matthew sexton article was not going to be the headlining XFL news on November 28th or November 30th, whatever it was. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I, you know, and I don't want to give, you know, too much credit to my video or anything like that, but in reality, like I, I did more of your, you know, pseudo reaction opinion, but the, the greatest thing about my, um, 
video is that I condensed about 20 tweets of the players. <laughs> and that I felt was more meaningful than any air type, any air quote um, of analysis I, I I could put out there personally, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. It's always a good take. And most people are so focused in on these uh, uh, the, the reactions they want to get the likes, shares, and follows, they want to rile you up and then get your emotions going. And watching this piece, it, it's really just a way that to compile everything and get some understanding of what's going on with this merger. So, I really valued this. So, that's why I wanted to share it, man. Appreciate it. No, no, I appreciate you sharing it, man. You know, we uh, I, th- I think we're coming up on like 900 views or something like that. and you know, I always consider it a good video if I got more views than the subscriber count. So we, you know, surpassed the, you know, I only got eight subscribers. We're surpassing the, uh, the 900 view or getting up there. So I consider that a win, in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Let's go ahead and get on it. I see I got some comments coming in already. So let's let's just go ahead and get, get to talking, fellas. We know what we're here for. We're going to discuss the merger. Mike, you came on back when all this kind of hit the fan. Originally, we discussed it. Much of what you said was accurate. Um, but, and so that's why, you know, I trust your knowledge, your opinion. I know you're connected and you have the networks. And you can really see how when you post something, it really becomes a, 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 a valuable resource for a lot of different people to write and retweet your information. So appreciate you coming on, Mike. Just want to talk some more about the facts that we know right now. You know, we'll go forward with your inside info and stuff after this, but let's just talk about the facts that we know right now. And it, as far as yeah, there's, I'm there's, concerned, go ahead. No, it's all good. You were going to say something as far as you're concerned. The right now, the only facts we know about this matter is the merger is official and that it begins on March 30th to 2024. Those are the facts of what we know. That doesn't, yeah, those are the information. Two is different or wrong it just means that's all we have available right now yeah for sure those are the two public facts that we know right um there's so much to unpack with this there's so many layers to it before we even got into this we're kind of doing a recap of the 2023 season on your show and i talked about the merger as being like a lifeline to save both leagues so they could both thrive i had no idea that we were going to talk about this in 2024. I was thinking more 2025-ish, and that's something I discussed with you. Like, My hope was that both leagues would be successful enough where they weren't coming together. I don't want to say this, but like in an act of mm, almost desperation because people want facts, right? So let's go over it. So like in 2022, Fox hired Allen & Co. That's an investment firm that helped sell the Broncos to the Walton family. Right. So it's a Walmart. Right. If anybody doesn't know who that is, I don't know. It was like five, six billion dollars or whatever. So Fox hired Allen and co to raise up to two hundred million dollars. Right. Basically, they were trying to sell partial equity in the USFL. And it's no secret. Something I've written about, talked about in the past. The USFL has been trying to get owners. Right. They're trying to get team owners. That's to cover the cost. All that hasn't quite worked out. Let's look at the facts. Twenty twenty two. They're trying to raise two hundred million. Have they? No. Now, on the flip side, Redbird Capital, this is their wheelhouse, right? It's all about raising capital, right? Um, They hired uh, PJT Partners, right? 
So um, uh, to raise $125 million for the, just to fund the 2023 season. So that tells you right there, like how much money they needed. Right. And the idea was the new investors were expected to own 35 to 45% of the XFL. So if you gave, put that money in, we'll give you some equity, right? Same thing Fox is trying to do. Neither group has been successful in roping in investors. So it's kind of crazy that now they're at the table together. What we don't know about all this, because there's so many layers, like I said, to unpack with this, is how are expenses going to be handled? Is it a his and hers kind of thing where it's like 50-50? Is it, you know, how do they share revenues? How do, who, who picks up the bills? So how is that structure? I don't know that yet. I've been asking around, snooping around. I don't know. And so I'm trying to figure that out because that's an important element to all this. Um, the DOJ, right? So there was a 30-day period for the Department of Justice to uh, review uh, the XFL and USFL's non-binding term sheet for them to merge, right? Intent to merge. They came back to the XFL and USFL, to Fox and Redbird. And they wanted more information. Now, what I gather, and now coaches and players are not going to be happy about this. The concern wasn't the paring down of 16 teams to eight, which is significant. A lot of loss of player jobs and coach jobs. They were concerned about also paring down staffing. So, which is kind of crazy, right? So, like the idea that all of a sudden, because the USFL, as bare bones as they are, they have a lot of staff members that work ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera. It's not as much as the XFL side. So the DOJ was worried about all of a sudden these two leagues become one. Now a lot of staff members lose work, the promotional guys, the ticketing people, social media, et cetera. So I think um, I, I haven't seen the paperwork, obviously, but I think they had to reassure the DOJ that there wasn't going to be a complete slashing in half. Uh, so like loss of jobs there. Cause it's weird because like the players are looked at differently than league employees. That's kind of messed up. I don't like an almost like an independent contractor thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, so it's kind of, it's kind of, but they wanted this. Nobody wants to hear this, but they want, they were, the DOJ seemed to be more concerned about, <clears throat> slashing in half staffing rather than slashing in half players. Be careful what you wish for, because I'm a football fan at the end of the day. And my dream was to one day see a fully formed XFL and a fully formed USFL come together and be a 16 team league champion versus league champion, interconference games, all that. And so when I first heard this news, I was like excited, but I, I have to be honest, like I'm not, if this is for the greater good and the longevity and for the potential growth and strength and for this concept to last, then so be it, right? I know one of the sentiments I got from somebody at Fox was they were trying to sell me on the fact that um, we're weaker apart, we can be stronger together. That's cool, right? But <clears throat> I get that sentiment, but it's hard for me to be excited or too happy about the potential of loss of teams and brands. You're talking, uh, I'm an OG generals guy, so I don't want to see the generals go. I understand Darius Victor and all these great guys, if they intend to play in the merged league, um, <clears throat> they'll, they'll certainly find employment immediately, right? You would think anyway. 
And then, so same thing with, they're great coaches, like on the Maulers. I've been in touch with people, in the, I don't want to name names, but we know like Jaron Horton's, the, the Horton family, they did such a great job. Maulers defense was really good. That's messed up for um, them to be out of work. I know this is hiring and firing season, NFL and college. So, you know, freshen up your resume, right? So uh, this time of the year, college staffs change, NFL staffs, all that. But I feel bad, tie not. Special teams coordinator, wide receiver coach for the Seattle Sea Dragons. A lot of people right now are twisting in the wind. You know, they're they're they were laid off. Assistants were laid off during this whole thing. Assistant, you know, but people waiting to find out what's going on. Assistants have been laid off for a while. Coordinators survived in the XFL. Head coaches survived. Some of them, besides Rod Woodson, but um, they survived. They're still on payroll. But a lot of the assistants got let off, and they they were told. Uh, you can get UE unemployment insurance or whatever, and then we'll get back to you later. And now those same people that were told that may be out of work. So it's hard. The football fan in me wanted to see a merger between both leagues. I also have an attachment to both brands. So I'm not so sure I'm keen on eliminating the XFL brand and not keen on eliminating the USFL brand. I like both those brands. So, um, and I would have handled this merger much differently, but I don't cut the checks. I don't got that kind of money to make that call. Both these leagues are looking to thrive in this space. They think that this, they're obviously at the other because they think if they get together, they can make this work on a grand scale. They haven't been thriving. So I love the games. I watch all the games multiple times, cover both leagues, every player inside and out. I've been doing that for years. But in, when you step outside this bubble, these, these leagues don't mean as much as they should uh, to the mainstream sports fan. They're barely a blip. They're still mocked upon. They're still laughed at. Uh, we celebrate the victories like XFL players, USFL players on practice squads are getting activated to 53. It's awesome with Turpin and Aubrey killing it. Both should be in the Pro Bowl. So, I mean, uh, we want to see more of that um, because you. the reason why I want to see more of that is I want people to put respect on the names of these leagues. So, I hope this works out. I hope this for the greater good. It's awesome that Fox and ABC are going to be airing games. It's hard for me, though, to get excited if, from what I've been told, um, that we're going to eight markets, 18. So it's just the way it is right now, Matthew. Understood. Pat, I'm going to let you get your comment in in just a second. When I spoke with Ben Fisher yesterday, that was his concern as well. I mean, from from my talks, I mean, thinking as a fan and, and somewhat as an a insider media, I'm thinking a 50-50 split. We're going to cut off 50% of employment, whether it be coaches, jobs, players, whatever. You know, from his conversation and talking with him, he's projecting that number to be much higher. Um, and that is because he's thinking that Fox will be in charge of, of the, the day-to-days, basically, and they won't need as many staff members. They won't need as many people there because they have all that in-house. They can, you know, hand it off. So this is what I was – I've shared my sentiments with Ben, and, and we talked yesterday, and that that was his concern, basically, because, you know, I, I wanted to make sure we talked about the staff and the, the coaches and stuff. Other than the players, the players are greatly important, but – you know, we got real people that don't have jobs right now. People I knew, and I'm sure people both that you knew as well, both you guys. So, I don't know. It's dicey. But, Pat, go ahead. What you got, man? What you think about it? I mean, when you take out the jobs and whatnot, there's also – and you'd have to go through every roster spot and on the coaching staff is you have a guy like TJ uh, 
I'm saying his name wrong. He's a fellow fellow Gindaloon like myself. Uh, T.J. Vinari, who was the or Vinari, who was the running backs coach for the Breakers. He's already moved on, and he's gotten a job. I believe he's at D2 Gannon University. Um, Gary Watkins, the tight ends coach for the Michigan Panthers, he double dipped this year, so he's got a job as well at. And I don't know if he's at a JUCO or G2 school in California. Um, so apologies on that. So there are a lot of the coaches who are going to be okay and have moved on. And, you know, uh, the Roughnecks special teams coordinator, he went to, I think, Tulane sounds Tulane. about right. And there's, yeah, there's about three or four other guys who are already moved on and, I don't want to say the bigger and better things because, you know, there's nothing better than being an OC for the Battlehawks. But there are a bunch of people who have filled that void of their employment. So I feel like the jobs are a little bit overinflated that are getting lost. But it's not a minor thing whatsoever. You're still going to be out, you know, probably about 40, you know, 30 to 40 guys and gals who are going to be, you know, and that's just the actual coaching staff. We're not talking about player support, any of that goofy stuff. But keep in mind, some players, some coaches already have moved on. Um, you know, going with the players, you know, we saw Bryce uh, Bryce Tor- Tordaren and Sean Coyne get signed recently from the breaker or the Mullers and Breakers, respectively, you got to think that they're being told something about a dispersal draft, right? Like, that's the only thing you can hope that they either go forward. And, you know, there's never a good time to cut these jobs, in my opinion. But I would have liked to see a kind of thinning of the herd in 2024, like stay pat, you know, run skinny on the rosters. We're going to just take this loss of these 16 teams financially and you know in 2025 whether it's 8 10 or 12 we're just going to regroup and reconfigure from our pool of coaches who are moving on you know players who are retiring going to the NFL that that would be i i guess the air quote best way to do it as someone who's sympathizing with the people on the ground but no matter what you're going to hurt a lot of people's feelings you're going to hurt a lot of people's livelihoods in doing this and, you know, God willing, you can look back in 10 years and these leagues have a higher esteem and we can look back onto this moment and be like, you know, it kind of sucked at the time, but, you know, Luis Perez just threw for over 30,000 career passing yards in the XFL. So I guess it worked out right. Or the UFL or whatever the league's called, but, you know, even to Mike's point, you know, these brands have existed whether in this era or, or in the past, like, are we going to acknowledge the Maulers as a, or not the Maulers, the, the, you know, the 2022 and 23 Stallions or the, you know, 2020 and 2023 Battlehawks, their brands and whatnot. I don't know, you know, like it was cool to see, at least on the XFL side, like they, they acknowledge you know, AJ passing Jordan Tayamu and passing yards. Something I was uber excited to talk about this year was, um, you know, the Generals really had three different quarterbacks throughout their 80s. In 83, 84, 85, they had uh, Brian Seip, Doug Flutie, and I think Bobby Scott was was their big three. DeAndre, DeAndre Johnson has 1,800 pass yards. 
So there's like continuity there to where he was going to be the all-time general's leading passer. So that's kind of something that like I thought was going to be pretty cool, but does that not exist anymore? You know, not just for obviously the generals where it looks like they're on hiatus, but any of these franchises in the USFL, do we not acknowledge those past records or are we acknowledging the franchise still a part of the 20 uh, from the eighties. That's something I, I'm curious about. Something I care about a lot. Understood. Understood. In terms of the facts so far, I mean, do you have anything you want to add and in, in just in general and what we know or what we don't know? I mean, 90% of what I, what I'm going to get is from, is from Mike. Um, you know, I talked to a couple of my contacts specifically with the Battlehawk staff and it seems like it's, you know, still getting the same business as usual. Unfortunately, some of those guys are finding out things through Mike, you know, and it's a lot of regurgitated information that's getting pushed around right now. Um, you know, I've heard a couple of different things as far as training camp about when that's happening as well. You know, I've, someone put out the tweet. It was like February 17th. You know, someone, one of the players told me it was like plus or minus two days. I mean, they're all figuring it out as well. But, I mean, February 17th, February 15th range sounds about right. If you're going to do the six-week thing, kick off on March 30th, and then let's go at it, balls to the wall, you know, another 10 weeks. You know, Matthew, you mentioned you mentioned facts, right? So, like, I keep reaching out to the leagues, and for, for whatever it's worth, and let me just make sure I read this correctly, they keep saying to me, that we are separate entities until we finalize the terms of the definitive agreement. Now, a lot of this stems from today. We had a very unique signing. Uh, Birmingham Stallion signed Gary Jennings, wide receiver, previously played with the Battlehawks in 2023. And there's a lot of people in the Battlehawks organization that are a little upset about that. But the <laughs> truth is, yeah, yeah, because they figure that uh, we're now a merged league. We have the rights to that particular player. But technically, you know, a little bit of a loophole gray area right now. Uh, the two leagues aren't, uh, you know, at least from what the what they've told me, like they they haven't finalized the terms of the definitive agreement. So since since Jennings was released by the XFL, because you have to be released. That's another thing I want to get into because people – I'll get into that in a second. But he was released by the XFL in order to sign. That's how it works, in order to sign with Carolina. So, and then since he was released and Carolina released him, he's a free agent. So he's free to go wherever he wants. There's no, like, uh, you revert back. There's no. There's never been that, by the way. People thought, people, people fought me that last year. And then I don't know what it was, 70 USFL players jump ship to the XFL, whatever it was, thereabouts, right? So... You know, and they said, "Why? Well, how can he do that? He goes right back to the USFL." And no, he doesn't. Uh, Kyle Slaughter was with the the Jaguars, whatever. They cut him. Now he's free to go wherever he wants. He's not under like a binding deal. So anyhow, so I, the leagues, for for whatever it's worth, the leagues keep saying we haven't finalized the definitive agreement yet. That's what they're saying. Now there's a lot they need to finalize from a business end, um, uh, uh, reconfiguring the divisions, how things are going to set up. I know you mentioned I didn't listen to that interview, but I'll get a chance to check it out soon. Ben Fisher claiming that maybe Fox is going to handle that aspect of it. I don't know, staffing or what have you. We'll see about that. But, um, but yeah, for whatever it's worth, and maybe for anybody who wants this thing to fall apart and for the leaks to go back to the way they were in 2023, uh, maybe there's hope there. 
that they haven't finalized the terms of definitive agreement. They're so far along here that you figure it's going to get done. So I hate to throw that monkey wrench into things, but there's a that the reason why the Birmingham Stallions there uh, can can sign a player without uh, because they're not officially the merged league isn't official yet. So like you have to set up a football operations department. They have to set the guidelines, the, the rules. So maybe Zachary Pard, Potter, who's done a tremendous job with Stallions, no doubt. Uh, maybe he's like playing loose with the rules there fortifying his roster so i don't know there will be any repercussions for that but <laughs> but um you know he's well within the right to do that to improve his team so basically he shouldn't be like it it just seems like more of a gentleman's agreement than anything else like agreed because we're all aware of it isn't the ufl yet so because if you notice the way the way it says it on usfl twitter it's terminated contract like you're just, and you know, anytime we get the press release from the XFL, it always says, you know, his rights are retained by the Battle Hawks and whatnot. So that's, I mean, that's where you're, you know, verbal, and you know, Potter, you know, Potter is who he, you know, who he is. He's doing a great job, and he's, you know, you don't get to be in that position unless you, you know, kind of you know, break down walls and whatnot. And he picked up a great wide receiver. He's someone I've seen in person, Gary Jennings, and he's fast, you know, fast. Yeah. I mean, dude, I was on, I'm watching that fake punt, man. Like in person, I'm when that, when he took off, he took off, man. I think he was like one of the fastest guys out there or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. They did that whole, they did that whole thing where they timed him. You know, and I think he was one of the fastest times, if not the fastest of the XFL season. You know, they do that whole 22 miles per hour thing or whatever the hell. Um, yeah. So anyhow, but yeah, you know, it's the Battlehawk side. They figured everything was in a standstill until they knew something. So so they didn't know that this is kind of a thing. But it would be funny now if like the Battlehawks went ahead and signed, you know, one of the stallion players that gets let go by an NFL team or something like that. You know, the little tit for tat. Davion Davis is in a battle. Not that the Battlehawks, the Battlehawks have a really good receiving core, like one through six. Yeah. Well. But Davion Davis, Davis is a real good player, though. Yeah. Well, Davis, I, th I think Davis uh, finds his way to a futures deal, especially with Tank Dell getting True. hurt. You know, they're going to go. But there's the always the double dip because a lot of guys, yeah, there's, and he's with the Texans now, as you mentioned, there with Tank Dell. What a phenomenal rookie. But uh, he hurt my fantasy team by getting hurt. Not his fault. <laughs> that was messed up. Not his fault. Tank's awesome. But uh, Nathaniel Tank, he's firm, firmly tanked down now. But um, Davion Davis, you know, there were players in the XFL in 2023 that signed futures contracts and then ended up playing uh, in the XFL. And now this season is kind of unique because it's in March now. There were guys who signed um, in February futures deals and then ended up Brandon Smith. There's a few others I'm forgetting now. Michael Bandy, a few others. That signed futures deals and then ended up anyway uh, playing in the XFL. And then you can, you know, Davion hopefully gets a shot with Houston. He, there's an opening there. CJ Stroud's awesome. Um, he'll get you the ball. He resurrected or re rekindled Noah Brown. Nico Collins looks like AJ Brown. So, I mean, uh, so CJ's, CJ's awesome there. So we'll see how that goes. If he gets on the field, like I know, like there are a few players that I know NFL fans will scoff at that I know if they get on the field, they're going to do well. Alex Magoo. Um, Austin Watkins, if they just get a chance, I already know Bruce Hector, 
I already know if they just get on the field and get a chance, they're going to shine. It's just a matter of them getting on the field, you know, getting an opportunity when you're on that fringe. Who knows if you're going to get that shot or not. But, hey, Potter's smart. This is the fun stuff I like talking about. But, like, it's like, uh, you know, he knows maybe he might not get back to two of those key receivers. He lost key receivers the year prior. He got Bolden back, and now, you you know, you're bringing Jennings in. That's a smart move. Yeah. And I mean, people want to go play for the Stallions. Like, people are abandoning ship from the USFL. And I know a couple of Stallions are trying to get into the XFL, by the way. I won't put them on blast. You know, shark dogs and all that. But yeah. it's – um, yeah. but, but – but, <laughs> Yeah, but, however, however, if you're – like, one of the teams you definitely want to play for in the USFL is the Birmingham Stallions. Why wouldn't you want to go there? The Holtz has done a tremendous job. They have a great offense, great staff, top to bottom, Chavis, all that. So that's a team, and you know they're like the sexiest USFL team because yeah, like it's not great the fandom there, but at least they do have like consistent fans, so and all that, and they're champs. So uh, there'll be a great storyline in the merge league. Um, you know the, them trying to you know claim supremacy of the spring pro football land. So those those games with the their new brothers in the merge league, the defenders and everybody else, that those could be a lot of fun. But anyhow. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of gray areas right now because back to the original, both leagues are claiming things haven't been finalized yet. So they got to do a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of legal stuff. The, I released the eight markets. I'm hoping with all the backlash that maybe they add a few teams. But financially, I just don't see them doing that as much as I want them to. You know, Fox, at the same time, like the XFL, their whole thing is they want to have their teams in markets. But the truth is, and as I reported last year and they changed it, what they, they were going to do the whole 2023 season in Arlington. That would have been a, a disaster. So to not have St. Louis play in St. Louis, D.C. play in D.C., even if you're a USFL loyalist and even if you, you don't like the XFL, you have to admit, like the Defenders and Battlehawks, those two teams have the most invested fans, best game atmosphere you have you cannot deny it, right? So it's like, and I, I'm sure the league wants that for every team. Michigan picked up some steam at the end. Memphis had some decent crowds. Birmingham was a little bit of a letdown. They should be better. That whole market should be into that team. Um, they're just not as successful as they should be. So we'll 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 see how this whole configuration works out. But you know, the leagues, like I said, they're you know, I wish they would add more teams, but it sounds like it's eight. The thing is, and I've seen, you know, there's been a lot of flack now because the guys like Mike Florio, um, John Arend, all these people, they've reached out to the leagues and the leagues have told them, no, we haven't decided, we haven't finalized our eight teams. And yet John Vogel out there who does good work in this space, but he, you know, he put out the term finalized and then he listed the gamblers and that would be cool, the four and four split, but everything I'm hearing is five and three. And every, I keep hearing roughnecks over gamblers. And now I look, listen, I, it's like, I don't want to choose between my kids. So I love the roughnecks. I love the gamblers in their history. I really don't want to say, give me that one, not this one. And then, um, so that's a tough one for me. Like if it were up to me, if you're going to have a Houston period in the league, why not just put those two teams in one hub together let them play in Houston, let the gamblers and roughnecks survive. Um, but I, you know, like I, again, I, um, I don't cut the checks. Right. So, um, so, but, Everything I've heard to this point is uh, that the roughnecks are going to be part of it. I, if it's the gamblers, cool. Um, but I know that that was put out there with the assumption after reading, you know, some other person put the eight markets out there. Someone decided to run with it's a four and four. 
and they got some heat for it. Um, yep. um, and they conti yep. continuously get heat for it. And so if it's gamblers, fine, that'd be cool. But, um, but, but, uh, I, as of this moment and last night conversations I had, I know Thompson doesn't Mark Thompson doesn't care running back because he's a free agent. Anyway, he can pick and choose whatever <laughs> team he goes to. But, but as of this moment, I love the game, by the way, I love the gamblers logo. I love their colors. I love their history, Cali, everything else. They had the run and shoot, all that. So, but um, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But but uh, but that's what it appears to be right now that we're gonna have eight teams. Maybe the rosters will be larger. That's one of the things I didn't like so much about the USFL is um, they improved upon that in year two. But I don't like the narrow rosters. Um, it's a personal pet peeve of mine, but that's you know that's just me. But um, and maybe you can appease players by having ninety player rosters at least in training camp. Um. You give more guys opportunity. There's this, certainly going to be a dispersal draft. The original idea for the XFL was to have a draft of all the NFL cuts like they did last year or the Abram Smith and all that. So um, we'll we'll see what kind of draft the league pulls off with eight teams getting to pick and choose between the likes of a Jacor Pearson and whoever else is in that pool. And that's another thing. These contracts that you see, the teams are signing players to contracts. Those are league contracts. There's no such thing as a New Jersey Generals contract. There's no such thing as a Philadelphia Stars contract. You're can you're under a, the league's contract. You're under a Fox contract, and you're assigned to that team. That's but you're not. A, there's no Generals owner giving you a check. You're not. You know that's just the way it is. So anyhow, understood. So uh, before we keep going, I'm getting a lot of questions in here, guys. People, if you're asking questions, I am I'm indicating that question and I will ask at the end. I promise. Just keep it clean. Stop being all negative. Cody's PNW Adventure. I see you, bud. And I promise we'll we'll discuss it some more. But if you'll if you'll just listen, a lot of what you're asking is being answered. And so just just listen. But yeah, we'll ask some more questions toward the end. So in in terms of the four and four split, you know, uh, that was really what sparked off all kinds of mess. I mean, you had people going crazy from that tweet from from Vogel and not to say he's wrong or right. I mean, because I don't truly know, but it, it's just the way that it was taken and received and people went nuts. Now, this has kind of hit the air a couple of days ago. Yesterday is when I noticed it. And this was from is this the one from Mike? Yeah, this is the one from Mike. And basically at the end, I mean, he's saying more details are expected in the not too distant future. A tweet from last week identifying the eight teams, the new league is, we're told, premature. I mean, and, and the people are holding on to this this little piece right here. They're they're holding on by a thread, man. And it, it's good. But at the same time, I don't think this is any more legitimate than, than Vogel's information as well, in, in my mind. But well, I mean, to, to, just to say just to say this, Matthew, like uh Two hours before Vogel tweeted out his teams, I tweeted out the eight markets. And so I, the, I tweeted them out two hours prior to Vogel. Now, maybe Vogel got information from someone else. I think he said something about agents. I know some players, Matt Mangle and others, were upset. I get it, right? Um, so, but um, the, the leagues themselves are saying premature because they haven't, what they're saying is they haven't finalized the agreement yet. But the word is out, and Pat and others that are in our group can attest to this. I gave everybody like a heads up uh, of what like the last configuration was, and I tried to stay out of this 
Neil Stratton, so many others had the six and six, eight and fours. Uh, they're all going to be in hubs. Uh, DC's not going to be playing at home. All that crazy stuff. So, um, so a lot of people, a lot of people ran with a lot of speculation, and so, um, um, and that was kind of like that was kind of the story there. Uh, Vogel claims it's from agents and stuff, but I talked to agents. There's no agents that know the eight, eight specific teams. Um, I gave the eight uh, specific markets out there. The league itself, I asked the league itself about it. I asked people in the leagues about it. Uh, you know, they can't say for sure, but by but their answers to me tell me that the information I got from a very close source, and that's what I tweeted out, um, uh, that those are going to be the eight markets that are in play here. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that were, and I don't get it. Like, this is not, there are a lot of people celebrating the fact that we still have that tribalism going on. So, like, yeah. maybe one side will have more teams than the other. Oh, my God, five, three, four, four, eight, four. You know, so it's like there's a lot of people sell, you know, there's even people I respect, you know, that, that were like, hey, uh, right after I tweeted, put like five, three or whatever. And I'm like, oh, come on. So it's like, you know, so I, I, there's some trolls out there that put graves of the XFL, um, which was which I kind of liked the tweet because I thought it was a funny troll uh, technique. But uh, but it but it was, you know, like a USFL fan kind of by XFL grave. So like when when the assumption was that it was a hat in hand uh, XFL that Russ Brand is going to be president of this merge league um, and that it was going to be an eight and four thing. Uh, the more I would have preferred eight and four because I want more teams, I want more players, so <laughs> I, I would have taken it no matter what the configuration was. But uh, it, it's been uh, some interesting times these last few months. I think people are tired of speculation; they just want to hear final details already. And I think employees feel that way too. They've been twisting in the wind, so they want to know one way or the other. The people who are a part of these leagues, they want to know if they're going to be a part of it moving forward. And the people that are not going to be a part of it, they want to know. Let me know now so I can move on, uh, fresh up my resumes. I know Pat mentioned a few people, a few co that happens every year with these leagues that move on to, you know, the college in the NFL. I know Reggie Barlow turned down opportunities to go coach in the NFL and college to stay in the XFL. And DC looks like it's still going to be around because he still wants to be a coach. He doesn't want to be an assistant. He wants to run his own team. So, there are, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are uncertain, like the fans. And then that's the crazy part about this. There's a lot of players, coaches, coordinators, uh, some execs that are still legitimately in the dark about what's going to eventually happen, what details. And hopefully we get them soon, because if you're laying off people, you prefer to do it at least a little before Christmas. Um so maybe you don't want to like lay off people. You lay off hundreds of people like right on Christmas, but um, maybe you can give them a bonus before they leave. I don't know how they work that out, but uh, but anyway, that's just the way it goes right now. So it, it's a fascinating times upcoming. There's just so much to unravel and unpack as we move forward. Um, John, USFL <clears throat> coach, I forgot that went to the NFL. He was the offensive coordinator for. Uh, the Maulers, and now he's uh, with the uh, Washington football commander skins, whatever they're called. <laughs> They'll have a new name next year or whenever it is a couple of years from now, too. So, yeah, the Washington team. Yep, that's WFT. Cool. That's what I always say. It's WFT. <laughs> WFT. 
Well, guys, in terms of insider info, so Mike, you're you're saying that eight team split that that is what we're looking at most likely, correct? That is, yeah. That's everything I've heard. I'm hoping that all of a sudden they, they you know, after backlash, they decided let's add a few more. Let's soften the blow here because part of their – when they do release the, the markets and what they're going to do, and I think I mentioned this too, the way they're going to sell it is that these teams that are not coming back for 2024 are being put on pause, kind of like the Tampa Bay Bandits were, and they, they'll sell it as they'll be back. They'll be back. We're just doing this for the short term. And they'll, they'll all be back. So if you, you know, the Seattle fans are upset or what have you, hey, your team's coming back. It's hard for some USFL fans. You got to give USFL fans credit of like teams like the uh, Maulers and the Generals and all that. They've bought in with the hope that one day these teams will actually play in their markets. And then for them to go away and then you try to sell them on, hey, we'll see you in 2027. Generals will be back. Don't worry about it. Um, that's going to be tough for for the for that grouping there, but yeah, for now, Matthew, I'm hoping that we hear 10, 12 teams. That'd be great. That'd be a nice way to soften the blow because you've we had like eight teams taken away because we had a really good in 2023. With people didn't realize that all the tribalism craziness that was out there, and I wrote articles about this. They, oh, over 800 players were playing professional football in the non NFL uh, off season. Um, and two prominent leagues on prominent networks. So, um, so anyhow, but uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out, but they're the, the two league, the, the merged leagues going to have to do a sell job, you know, uh, basically spin this, that this is, you know, for the greater good, that this is good. We're going to, we're coming together so we could be stronger together, that this is going to be, this is going to revolutionize. This is the evolution of it, et cetera, et cetera to try and then don't worry we're doing this now to build so we can expand and then you almost have to guarantee that in the next year they'll add a couple of teams and and bring a couple teams back and and all that so we're just doing this march 30th thing for now this is going to be eight and you know because there are going to be a lot of disappointed people out there it's just no no two ways about it yep. yeah I mean, and they're already disappointed go ahead pat yeah. No, I mean, I think if, if you don't have – you do it CFL style. If you don't have nine teams in twenty in 2025, I think you look like losers. Yep. Like even, even if you can only afford nine teams, like I, I take that awkward, non-traditional look because at least you could say progress, you know? Agreed. But, I, mean, I mean, I don't – you know, it might not be the sexiest thing out there, but – you know, hell, man, you might be able to get away with having a, a team nine, at least from a PR standpoint. You know, that would be year. tremendous. That would be tremendous. And the word is that everything's going to be in Arlington anyway, just like it was during the XFL season. Like everybody's going to be there, training there, all that. So, you know, why not have a team of free agents? The guys who don't, for whatever reason, because you can only get, you can only pare down from sixteen, condense from. 16 to 8 and put so many players in a dispersal draft there's going to be a lot of players that are still left out of the mix so why not do a team nine you know just as like and maybe some coaches i know bart andrus has history he was he was the head coach of team nine in xfl 2020 I'm not saying andrus would want to do that but he did a very good job with that back then so you want maybe some of these coaches can work on in-house in arlington uh you know just to be part of that you know built-in league practice squad for all the teams you know there, there's certain things that that can be done 
to try to soften the blow because that's what you're doing here. If you're going from 16 eight, you're softening. You you you're gonna have to soften the blow because you're letting you're letting a lot of people go and you're disappointing a lot of fans. Are gonna lose their teams. Why does? Let's be honest. Why would Seattle fans care about this new league? They won't if they don't have a team. No doubt. Honestly, honestly, like why would they? Why would they? And that's the thing that these. That's why my hope was if there was ever a merger, and it looks like we're headed towards one. Obviously, that you'd have sixteen markets that care about your league rather than eight. That's one of the things that hurts these leagues. Like people talk about the ratings. Like you only have eight specific markets that watch your games if you're lucky, right? That they're interested in your games. You you something you get a smattering of of fans across the country that'll watch and sample. But the people that watch these leagues the most are like the people in the St. Louis market, etc. They they actually watch the games. So um, it's one of the, the NFL is such a huge success too because they have so many damn teams. If the NFL had only eight teams, they'd never you know the audience would shrink. There it's popular now, but you have every fan from every market watching all the games and gambling and fantasy and all that. So um, I was hoping that the league. That's the thing. Like with the USFL, they didn't. In year two, they weren't, and heading into year three, they're not showing uh, a lot of progress. And I think that's one of the reasons at the table. That's one of the reasons they didn't close the door on the XFL. One of the reasons they said, "Hey, get out of here, man. We're better than you." No, they said, "Yeah, you know what? Let's let's do business with these guys. We kind of need it because there wasn't that growth. There wasn't enough growth from in year two because they expected to do much better in year two than they did year one. They thought by proving themselves in year one, putting out a quality product, that year two more people would watch their product." They do better ratings. They didn't. They do better attendance. They didn't. So, and it hurt because they had another competitor in the market space. But the reason why Fox is doing this is, you know, um, because they feel necessity to do it. Like they need to do it. Same thing with the XFL side. They feel like, you know, we're not going to get any bigger unless we do this. So I, I almost see this as like a last resort kind of thing, like for both sides, like, um, to try to like they're try, I'm telling you both sides think they can thrive they think the concept is worthy of it they they but you know you get what you put in I think that in an effort to not drown like every other entity has in this space um they they've uh treaded carefully and so so to survive and I think they, they have to get to a point where they thrive um you can only survive for so long so I th think that's why this merger is happening Oh, no doubt. Survival. And I mean, that's what we all want as spring football fans, but you don't want to see your team go bye-bye. I mean, I don't want to see the Roughnecks go. I, that's going to make me sad as a fan. And whatever team replaces them, if it happens, I won't be covering that personally. I'm going to pursue something totally different. I mean, it that's me as media. So I don't know. We had a comment here from Terry. Terry, I'm guessing he's a Seattle fan. I don't know. But he says, I do agree. I won't care about the league if we don't have a team. And that's the sentiments of many of the individuals that are in that same position. Yeah. And only like, right. Only like crazy guys like me. I don't have a favorite team in these leagues. <laughs> only, only crazy guys like me are going to watch. I don't care if it's the Albania Eagles. You know, I will watch the damn league. Spike, <laughs> you know, Wait. you can't say the A word because, you know, that would, that would park me up a little bit more. You know that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, free, free reign, fellas. Just don't say the f words. All I say. No, I'll be, I'll be. <laughs> yeah. Mike, so, how many teams have you had taken from you? You've had the Guardians, the Generals. The oh, yeah, and it's like 
Yeah, and I covered the New York Guardians, and it was cool because that's my hometown, right? And then and I like the uniforms and the concept, and then they ended up in Orlando. And then the generals, the generals are killed off. Uh, you know, I you, depending on which side of the political, I don't even like to get into that. People like to blame Donald Trump for all that, but they're more than just Trump being an egomaniac. Um, uh, but anyhow, but yeah, the generals are taken away, and this will be the second time with the generals being taken away. I have my teams I have bad luck with. I'm a Jets fan. So um, that kind of it's like par for the course, and they look at that the Sentinels. So <laughs> very cool helmet. So um, it is it is what it is. But like I don't have that's why I'm not like um, I'm a fanboy for the entire concept. Like I actually root for these leagues like they're one team. That's always been my mindset. Like when when the XF when any team in the XFL signs a good player, I'm like yes. When any team in the USFL signs a good player, I'm like yes. I root for like the DJ Flukers and the. Tavon Austin's to choose to play in one of these leagues. I, try, I wrote a whole damn article trying to convince that idiot Josh Rosen, who claimed he was going to be better than every make the entire NFL regret that he was passed on. And then uh, no, I don't know. so <laughs> I wrote a whole article trying to convince him to give the USFL a shot. You know, maybe he'd be back in the NFL if he did that. Anyway, uh, prove himself uh, on the pro level as a starter. But anyway, it is what it is. But but yeah, I um. You know, I root for these leagues. I'm a fan of these. That's my fandom. My fandom is of the entire league. So, um, so then I want to see the league succeed. So, um, so that that's kind of the story there. And yeah, it's unfortunate. Like you know, th there's going to be a lot of fans out there that I'm sorry. Look, I know there's people who hate on the USFL. Say like, dude, Mike, nobody gives a crap about the Maulers in Pittsburgh. And like, yeah, you know, you're probably right on a grand scale. But there's are Maulers fans out there. There are Breakers fans. I know the Breakers never played in New Orleans this iteration. I know they never, and then the, the old iteration played everywhere, Boston, blah, blah, blah. But um, but there are legit people who are loyal to the USFL that were actually invested in these teams and that were holding out hope that these teams would finally play in their markets, right? Like they'll get there. They're doing this hub stuff. So to get to that point, right? It's all about getting there. And then if they never get there, I can see why they would be disappointed and want to turn their back on it. Plus, I think the USFL and XFL brands are cool. Like, like I know people have some some people have like uh, mixed reactions on the Rock and Player Fifty Four and all that. And I'm the XFL League in 2020 was much better than the XFL League in 2023, no doubt, from the way they ran business promotion, the quality of play, uh, level of players that the XFL 2020 League has. Uh, still has whatever over a dozen players that are still playing in the NFL four years later. They've been collecting paychecks four straight NFL seasons. So that tells you whether that league had talent or not. Um, and the guys are still damn employed, the Josh Johnsons, all those guys. So anyway, um, anyhow, but uh, it, it's when, when you look at, when you look at the whole picture, it's, it's, you, it's easy to see why some fans would abandon ship. And that's not what you want in this kind of, in this niche, product you don't want to lose fans the whole point the whole point is to get more fans so yeah you run the risk you know like people said you know nobody missed the tampa bay bandits i don't think anybody people get upset at me for saying this i don't think people are going to miss the vegas vipers that was an atrocity that did not work out so um that was just a shit show from oh sorry from from, oh, from the open to, open to finish um i was so critical of of, of that and the way that was handled, Jerry Cardinal and all that didn't really didn't make a good choice. So, um, so it is what it is. But, but uh, if it's for the greater good, 
There are people out there that think that, and this is an argument for this merge, that the quality of play in this merge league is going to be phenomenal because you're taking from 16 teams. This is the thought process. Agents, players, coaches, I've heard this over and over again. They, In their minds, they think there's not enough talent for two leagues. So in theory, if you take the best of the very best, I disagree with that, but if you take the best of the very best of these two leagues and put them all in one league, that the quality of play in theory could be better. I'm of the opinion that the quality of your play is contingent upon who your coaches are and who your front office people are. That's how it dictates. If you've got good people in those positions, that's that's how you dictate your quality of play. But there's people that think if you take the very best of the two leagues and put them all in one league, that I have no doubt the quality of play is going to be good in this league. I just can't wait to see what rules they go with. could be kind of interesting, the whole – the whole idea what did moose johnson and other people were part of the xfl in 2020 so there might be some stuff that they really like from 2020 and maybe stuff they don't like so the the merging of the rules and the football stuff once we get past all this craziness and anger i want to see how they put together the football product i mean i think i think it's going to be better i think i think you condense the best of the best and i also think you get the uh the outsiders now looking in, you know, um, you know, from the NFL that are kind of like, you know, I, I just hung out with Mark Davis Bryant for eight weeks. He's back on the Cowboys, you know, let me go to the XFL and whatnot. Um, yeah. I don't think we get as many, uh, you know, border hoppers as we did in 2022, uh, 2023. I don't think, you know, we're probably going to miss out on some, uh, What's the gentleman's name? Brett Boyko was Colin Kelly. Oh, right, right. Sure. Colin Kelly. Uh, Colin Kelly, yeah, from the CFL. Darnell Sankey, yeah. right, yeah. Crew Cup even as well. Um, you know, I think MBT kind of, uh, you know, just did it to experiment. I think we've, we've, we're pretty much on board with everyone else that he'll be back in Canada. So I don't think we'll get the double dipping like that. But it was kind of cool to see you know, guys be rostered, you know, Slaughter was an example, be rostered for about seven weeks, six weeks. I think he was on the, on the renegades and then go and, you know, put himself a hundred K a year just from spring football. And now Kyle Slaughter's a YouTuber. So, <laughs> you know, but I think, I think some of that, I don't think we'll see as many Canadian, you know, not so probably nationality. Not. Yeah, probably not, could... but there's no, but if this league proves it, you know, CFL people don't like to hear this and I'm a CFL fan, lifelong CFL fan. Um, uh, they don't like to hear this, but the players out there want leagues like the USFL and XFL to exist. Cause they want to be closer to home. They want to play an NFL style game. You have a better chance of getting an opportunity in the NFL. If you play in one of these leagues in America, than you do if you play in the CFL, whatever it was, I, Pat probably has a number. It was over a hundred plus players. that got NFL opportunities combined XFL and USFL. Maybe it was 110, 120. I lost track at some, at one point, but I, but I know it was in that, in that neighborhood. Yeah. 44 and 67 or 42. Yes. 67. Right. It was in that neighborhood. And I think a couple of guys on the XFL side, whatever, uh, added on later, like AJ McCarron, deservedly so on the Bengals now, whatever, but either way, those two leagues had over 110. There wasn't 110 CFL players that uh, got NFL, CFL player that got NFL opportunities in 2023. There wasn't. There's some very good CFL guys, Alex Singleton, all these guys that have made their way. 
we know everybody knows about Cameron Wake, how great he was, all that. But but uh, players, my point is, American players want to play in in America and have an opportunity and be home, be close to their families, and have an opportunity to play in NFL styled league. So it's easier for them to transition. If you go and play in Canada, you're a defensive lineman. You're playing one yard off the line of scrimmage. You're playing an entirely different game. You have artificial, artificially um, enhancing speed by running towards the line of scrimmage. Even though the Miami Dolphins have found ways to unique ways to use CFL like waggle uh, plays. But anyhow, <clears throat> with Tyree Kill running full speed at the snap. But um, but yeah, I think that uh, this league has a chance. You're going to see a, the quality of play is going to be of high level. It always is in these leagues, even the AAF, all that. But I think it has a chance to be even better, um, you know, um, because now there isn't, you won't get that. Well, some players will choose the USFL, some players will choose the XFL. There's only one destination for it now. I feel like <clears throat> it's, it's, it's almost like the marketing for ticket sales. As long as they get adequate time to train and then practice together, develop those skills, whatever, th- we will see some good stuff. But if we're rushing it and we're making it super fast and we're making decisions late as possible, might be a little choppy, but we'll see. I mean, but as I said, with the ticket sales, it if we hear in January that this is a go, it's definitely going to hurt some ticket sales. No way around that. I mean, it, it, it's well, you know what's funny, Matthew. You know what's funny, Matthew. Though I, the XFL has been doing very well. Like uh, a lot of these teams have been doing. Surprisingly enough, like like I wasn't so sure if this would be the case. And I've spoken to people in the sales. Like Arlington's doing well selling. D- DC's doing well. St. Louis. It goes without saying. They're selling a lot of like the pre-sales are doing very well for these teams, despite the uncertainties surrounding the league. Seattle was actually. Sad thing is Seattle was doing pretty well too. Um, they sold a good number of uh, season tickets, of pre-sales, all that. So uh, kind of weird. I guess the refunds or whatever are coming up. But um, but it, but it, but they're doing well. And I heard that uh, a couple days ago. I heard that on the Fox side that uh, Eric Shanks was impressed. He got a. He's been getting a look at the books and what's going on. He was impressed with the ticket numbers that they saw on the XFL side. Now, I don't know if that determines who return, who's going to be a part of this merge league or not. Maybe uh, more people retain on one side in terms of that, uh, in terms of sales. It, to, no, you know, it, the USFL side, unfortunately, it's been so bare bone. They work hard over there to sell tickets. They bend over backwards, give away tickets, giveaways, all this. Their pricing point is so terrific in the USFL. Um, you'd figure they would do better. But for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for attendance. But um, but yeah, there's been positive signs for the uh, ticket sales, despite the uncertainty and people not knowing what's coming. And now, you know, no schedule being put out. It's going to be later now. Um, so um, we'll see. Presumably season starts March 30th and then we'll end if we stick with the traditional 18, 10 week regular season, two week playoffs. The season would end the weekend of June 15th. Um, March 30th to June 15th, unless you have a bye week before the championship, like the XFL had, maybe at the end of June there. So that's there's that. So there are also agents and players. That's another layer because there's also agents and players that prefer. You saw more XFL players sign on with NFL teams because a lot of like you get an earlier jump. So uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have players in these in this league that are gonna get a later jump to get onto NFL rosters. Not that that will stop you from making it, but it's just you know you'd prefer to get into camps in May rather than late June. But there's a lot of different layers to this. There's a lot of fascinating stuff to go over. Understood. Pat, what you got? Let's, we're going to wrap up from this topic. So anything else we want to cover on information or updates? 
I mean, to just piggyback off Mike's statement, you know, the USFL in 2022, they still managed to send 60 guys to the NFL with, you know, hundreds upon hundreds. I don't know if it's hundreds upon hundreds, but definitely over 100 people conducting, like, NFL workouts and whatnot. So the transition to the league is not, you know, so fearful. Granted, I think rookie minicamp is an extremely underrated factor. Um, especially if we're looking to the long-term continuity of these leagues to have, you know, a guy that I'm personally close with is uh, Eric Magwood. You know, he's an IFL guy, transferred a couple times. He's going into camp now as a starting left tackle. You know, he goes to Buffalo for five days. That's five days of this kid getting in more work with different coaches and whatnot. So it is another part of this development. Um, You know, with these ticket sales, another thing, that I don't know. I, I remember someone brought it up, but the, what it costs to go to the dome isn't the same what it costs to go to Legion Stadium or Legion Field down there. Some of those tickets were like, what, 20 bucks or something like that? You're sitting in the top rows. Right. I get two tickets, you know, paying 200 bucks, you know, for, you know, the best seats in, at the dome. I can get those same tickets for $40 in Birmingham. What are we doing? What are we doing here on, on the season ticket people and all that stuff? Like you're going to ask someone in Birmingham to pay more. You're going to expect someone in, in, you know, St. Louis to pay less. Like, you know, what's, what's going on with that? So I I think that's a question that's going to come out. Um, You know, final thing, as far as the roster sizes and everything, you know, Mike, I think this is something that I pitched to you is, you know, I did the math. It's between like 48 and the high 50s on, you know, the remaining eight rosters, whether it be gamblers or roughnecks, it's in that range. Wouldn't it be something you have the dispersal draft, you get the rosters up to 90, and then them for, for you know, have the 90-man rosters going into training camp and then do internships for, like, coaches and whatnot to come and assist, hold the bags and whatnot high school coaches in Texas or, you know, smaller programs who aren't in spring ball. I think that's something they could use as, you know, the way the NFL uses their internships, get some free labor and give some people a great experience down to be a part of a professional staff. So those are like some of my points, you know, with the roster size and everything going on right now that I wanted to. Yeah. You know, if you tie yourself as I love that idea, Pat. If you tie yourself as a league of opportunity, you can extend it in many different ways, and you can approach it with that concept. So, given opportunities that way, and it doesn't hurt you from a financial end, and you're doing a great service because you're giving people experience too. You give them an opportunity to work in a pro football environment. So that's very cool. Good idea. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta give. You know, this dispersal draft, it would make sense to bump it up to 60, you know, kind of hold fast on the uh, LOIs right now for the college kids and have them wait around. You know, maybe you get a couple TJ Barneses who ended on their terms rather than someone else's term, you know, going forward. You know, what we what we going to see much more Paxton Lynch? I don't know. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <be> some Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back. Bring him back. QB1, San Antonio. <laughs> I love it. It'd be worse. 
Yeah, I tested what you're saying with the ticket sales. I haven't, I don't know any information regarding the XFL season ticket yeah, sales. DC, DC, D, I'm sorry, DC has already sold 3,500 tickets. Um, awesome. Yeah. That, that's beating all of last, all of last season's ticket sales, season ticket sales. That's all of it. So that, that's pretty impressive at this point. So there's room for them to surpass. And then by the end of the season, they were selling out games, right? A lot of yeah, people, they, the reason, so a lot of people sampled it at the end of the season, and they're like, "I got to come back." So uh, they have an awesome atmosphere. So I, I you, if you live in that area, you'd want to be a season ticket holder. But, yeah, I mean, you don't want to go see Commander Commander skins or Com skins, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> yeah, it's just not not a fun environment. They got to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> They gotta fix the stadium. People almost dying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't it like wasn't it like a couple years ago? Raw sewage or whatever was like falling on the fans or whatever. There was like some kind of bathroom leak or something going on. Was, <laughs> like, Alex Smith got a concussed, con uh, a, a, a terrible infection from the field, man. They almost killed. It's like it's like the Mets, man. They killed Gil Hodges. <laughs> Have you guys heard anything on the USFL in for ticket sales, season tickets at all? Um, I talked to uh, Jake Ball. He's he's pretty instepped. Uh, he runs the USFL shadow page, and he said that it was they're a little bit ahead of schedule from what. Uh, you know, we talked a couple about it a couple weeks ago. We give them they're a little bit uh, ahead of schedule from the uh, twenty. What was it? I heard? Yeah, I, I heard there's great optimism. You know, even though there's some uncertainty right now with Memphis franchise, a lot of people think Blevins is going to get that job. We'll see. It was supposed to be the Vipers coach. We'll see how that goes. It'd be nice, but but there's optimism with Memphis like uh you usfl side like they feel like there's room for growth there like they think they can have a bigger they have a big jump in year two even though right now they don't have a head coach we'll see who that ends up being but um but uh there there's everybody i talked to on the usfl side has optimism and there's optimism too with michigan too i think the panthers like i i really wish i know the lions are great now right so it's awesome to see but i really like to see that market embrace that team i wish there was and i love the fact that one of the things i really liked about the usfl in year two is like finally they got over that crazy lawsuit stuff so they at least tried to connect a little more to the past bringing up old records bringing old players bobby Bear, all this stuff bring Herschel walker um, like mentioning all these players. So I like that they try to connect to the past. I, pe uh, people of this generation don't realize like how awesome the Panthers were like in the eighties, how badass that franchise was. So um, it's just, you know, hard to recapture that, but I think there's, I think there's potential growth in there. I'm like this. Uh, I think the stallions, I can't quite put my finger on why they haven't blown up because like they're they have they have a really cool brand i love their colors they have really good players they're well run well coached likable head coach they should be like uh, they should be a massive success in birmingham they just haven't been so on the field yeah yeah sure Just like in the box office mm, no i mean they I, birmingham seem like they they boom or bust man like i feel like i feel like it's either 
I feel like it's either up, you know, like you're you're looking around, and you're like, man, this is this is pretty nice, or it's just like, you know, you know. But you're asking a lot of the people of Birmingham. It's not a crazy big city, you know. And th- that city does they show it, the the parade didn't look too bad. The parade looked good. That's true. No, no, the parade was yeah. cool. Parade was cool. There's, they can be so much better. And I, you know, I was I was appreciative of Moose Johnson coming out publicly and saying that he was disappointed with the Birmingham market and that he was disappointed with ticket sales. I guys like in that position usually don't, they won't say that. And, you know, and that was, he was be keeping it real because th- they expected like they expect, and Birmingham is like one more year on the lease there. So I don't know what they're going to do after, after 2024, but they expected that because they adopted that city, they expected that market to be a lot more successful than it has been. It's not awful. It's not pitiful. It's just, it's just, you know, they, they really, they, I'm not saying they expected a St. Louis thing, but you know, something better than what they've had, you know, in terms of like notoriety, popularity in that market, they're just really good too. And Birmingham, I know they've been screwed over many times, but in these leagues, uh, Thunderbolts, everybody else, the fire, all these other franchises that have come and gone so quickly. Um, but, uh, but you know, they, they, maybe, maybe that market will start coming around, um, and, and start, you know, because they got the two time champion. I mean, so back to back. And so, um, they will, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, there's that I just my original point. There's the USFL side, these markets that end up in this merge league. There's a lot of, they, they, there's a lot of upside. There's a lot. There's a, there's still potential for growth. The Memphis, the Birmingham, Michigan. Um, I'm just surprised Canton's not a part of this. And the USFL dropped the ball. With Canton is the perfect backdrop, the perfect setting for a spring pro football league. And USFL was in Canton. Awesome. They didn't brand a team from Ohio there. Nobody in Ohio cares about the Maulers. They don't care about the Generals. I know people thought, well, hey, the people who travel from Pittsburgh. People who are Browns fans and Bengals fans do not give a damn about black and yellow, black and gold uh, Pittsburgh team. They do not want to put down their money for a Pittsburgh team. Sorry. So, um, but I'm surprised. Like, I, I would figure, I was hoping Canton would be a part of this, this whole deal because I like them being at the Hall of Fame. I like that stadium. Um, and so, and I was hoping for an Ohio team. So, anyhow. Understood, understood. I'm looking forward to Memphis. I, I'm going to attend some of those games this year for sure. I, I, I was a big fan of AF. And it, if you, oh, if you do the product, yo, I, I, I love it as well. It, that's where everything sparked for me, honestly. And, man, I went to all the games they had. Loved it. Awesome. Time. I love their uniforms. Brandon Silvers was much better in that league than he was in the TSL or in the XFL. Oh, I like no. that. I like that silver version. <laughs> Which what, they what a quarterback. No, I mean that that was that was a quarterback room and a half, man. You had Johnny Mantel, <laughs> Christian Hafford, um, you know, Brandon Overs, and then uh Zach Medenberger. I mean that oh my some God. of these were, were amazing. Yeah, they had a, a, a unique mix. Oh, Mike Singletary, one of my favorite players too. Yeah, they, I just love that name, Memphis Express. You know, I, you know, I've been having it. It's not too long ago; it's 2019. But lately, I've been having like a. I've gone through this. I go through periods of this with the United Football League, which is, I guess, coming back, right? 
but um, uh, with the Tuskers, and, and but um, but I, at the AF recently, I saw Greg Ward was back with the Eagles. Uh, I miss the Alliance of American Football. So the hot shots and all that. So I, I'm crazy. Like I love all these leagues throughout the years, and so um, I get nostalgic when it comes to them. But um, but the Memphis Express was cool. Like that's how you do a like like a they have a cool looking jet on their helmet. You know the Jets need to. The New York Jets need to like either go back to their classic logo or come up with a better uh, logo on your helmet. I like that the whole Express brand was cool. Agreed, agreed. Well, fellas, I guess if that's all, is, is there any more uh, things that we need to discuss regarding? No, I think we're cool here, but you got you got questions. You got questions for us, uh, Matthew? Dude, we got or what? So many questions, but I want to cover another thing first. All right. So okay. one of my contributors, Demarcus Colors, he produced a little clip on some engagement statistics regarding the USFL uh, gamblers and the Houston Roughnecks. So we, I wanted to play that. I don't know if you guys have seen it, and I'm going to play it for the people at home. And I just wanted you guys to talk about it and see what you think, okay? okay. Sound good? Yep. All righty, cool. I'm going to present that. Da-da. I'm DeMarcus with the XFL Insider Podcast. With the XFL and USFL merger almost complete, looks like we might be in store for an 18 league. That is, if some reports hold up. Those locations are rumored to be Arlington, San Antonio, Michigan, Memphis, Birmingham, D.C., St. Louis, and Houston. That last city is the most controversial because we don't know which team will be picked out of the XFL's Roughnecks and the USFL's Gamblers. With that in mind, we thought we'd take a look again at the metrics and see which team makes the most sense. Let's start with the USFL's gamblers. They rank in the third or fourth tier in just about every metric, ranking 11th (laughs) in social media, 12th in over-the-air viewership average, 14th in total viewership average, and last in cable average. Even their ranking of 10th in overall primetime OTA average is misleading because it's actually last among all teams that had over-the-air primetime games. Another interesting fact, the USFL had three games to get below 200,000 viewers. The Houston Gamblers were in two of those games. Taking all these metrics together, we gave the USFL's Gamblers a total engagement rank of 16th out of 16 Spring League teams. Now let's take a look at the XFL's Roughnecks. Unlike the Gamblers, the Roughnecks only rank in the third tier on a couple of metrics and never in the fourth tier for any. They were 11th in overall primetime average. However, this can be easily explained by only having primetime games on bad cable channels such as FX. Outside of this, the Roughnecks rankings are either first tier or second tier. Ranking second on low distribution cable, not including ESPN, third on primetime cable average, and second on social media. The Roughnecks have an engagement score of fifth of 16 teams. Now, how do they compare? The Roughnecks have a better overall viewership average despite not having OTA primetime games, while the Gamblers only had over-the-air primetime games. The Roughnecks average on low distribution cable channels alone is higher than the total viewership average for the Gamblers. The Roughnecks have three times the social media following and have two years of in-person fan engagement and fan culture that the gamblers aren't guaranteed to match, let alone beat. 
Looking at it this way, it's clear that the Roughnecks are the more popular team and the obvious choice. For a detailed breakdown of all 16 teams, click the accompanying link. Also, remember to follow the XFL Insider Podcast on Twitter and YouTube. Have a good day. All right, guys. So pretty self-explanatory there. He's done a lot of research regarding these statistics, and, and, and it's pretty in-depth. And I, I've included the is video on YouTube. Is he a Roughnecks fan? Is he a Roughnecks fan? Is he a Roughnecks I fan? I don't believe he's a Roughnecks fan. I don't believe he is. I think he's he, he's more of a Renegades fan, if I remember correctly. But he, he's really okay. – he, he tries to do it in a, in a non-biased sense. I know he's an XFL okay, cool. fan for sure. Okay, okay, okay. Well, those yeah. it's hard to argue with. It's hard to argue with some of those numbers, the engagement numbers, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's a lot of good research and homework put into that, so it's very good, well done. Um, like I said earlier, I don't really have, I, I don't have a pick from either. Like I, uh, uh, like it's it, who should I? Cho- who's more popular? Yeah, Roughnecks. They actually play in Houston. The Gamblers. This iteration of the Gamblers don't hasn't played in Houston yet, so the, it, it's hard to argue. That I'm not saying, but but you know, I I like both brands. Um, um, so but I don't have like a you know, like I really don't have like it's not, I can't pick one over the other. I really don't, oh, it's I'm not, sure. yeah, I, it's like I really don't have like a like a horse in that race. Um, if you're gonna have this merged league and you're gonna pay Wade Phillips, be cool to still have Wade Phillips in the league, but again, I don't want, I don't have a horse in that race either. Because if I say Wade Phillips should be the coach of the Gamblers or be a coach of the Houston franchise, that means a lot of good people on the Gamblers staff might not be in the league. So then, uh, so I can't celebrate that either. So, um, so it's kind of the story there. But those numbers are interesting. I'm not surprised by them. Um, uh, you know, Roughnecks have played in Houston. They have better following. This Gamblers played in Houston many, many moons ago before a lot of people were watching, listening to this weren't even born yeah Pat, I mean, I'm in think? The, yeah i'm in the same boat you know as long as they keep my buddy clint dig on one of these rosters uh, you know whether it's the roughnecks or the gamblers gotta shout out the linden lindenwood guy but i mean you know i talked to james larson about this you know he goes you know the gamblers are an iconic brand and he was talking to the and the end zone about it and i go okay name someone other than jim kelly <laughs> and he was like you got me and i was like yeah i know because we it just it's just twitter talk i was like yeah you got some guys you know mouse you know uh mouse davis and what right yeah i mean like that's that's like real football nerd stuff you know so it's like i get you know jim kelly's no slouch by any means and people know no that he is. Yeah, but like at the same time, it's like, I mean, name some, you know, name some backup roughnecks. Don't even name uh, PJ. You can name more roughnecks than you could, you know, gamble. It's the truth. Me. And like a lot of, like, I don't know how old James is, but, and, and it doesn't mean just because you're younger that you don't, you're not a historian and you don't go into the past. I mean, I did that, you know, going, I wasn't alive for Joe Namath. And all that went in the Super Bowl. So, the, you know, you do embrace the past and study it. And, and that's a good thing to do for sure. But, like, a big thing with the USFL, and it's not to anybody's surprise, and we didn't really get into this, but the whole meeting with the Army military recruitment, 
a lot of that is, you know, they're trying to get that huge sponsorship and what the sell XFL's 18 to 49 demo, which was fantastic. That's something that the USFL really didn't have on their side. Um, their numbers tend to skewer older and, you know, the desired key demos, 1849. So they're trying to sell that. We'll see how that works out because they need these leagues need sponsorship. And that's a big selling point, which I guess it's not going to be the XFL anymore, uh, which is weird. Um, you know, so anyhow, but, uh, but yeah, but the whole gamblers thing, I, I think it's awesome. I love the nostalgia. I like their, the, the players on their current team. I like, I like the colors. I like the uniforms. Uh, Mark Thompson's very unique, but he's very talented. Uh, so, so it's like, so, but, um, but it, it, what was that? What was that Pat? They released Terry Wilson, the Kentucky kid. And he was their best quarterback. <laughs> they got curious. Mood, yeah. <laughs> and they bring yeah, so. the five pick. Yeah. So I, I would, if it was my, if it was up to me and you're going to have the Houston market, like I said, uh, a spring for a ninth team. Why not just have the gamblers and the roughnecks both in this league? Let them both play in Houston, wherever they play. I heard Rice is out, though. Uh, I know Rice Stadium has been rumored as one of the places. And theoretically, if you're looking to save money, Houston could play in any one of the Texas locations, San Antonio or Arlington or whatever, uh, for a year anyway. Uh, but um, I'm hearing Rice won't be the stadium um, that if Houston – in fact, plays in their market, but I I wouldn't mind seeing the gamblers and the roughnecks in the league. But I know that's not happening. There's a lot of stuff that I would like to see happen that isn't happening. Understood, fellas. I just wanted to share that with you. He he worked pretty hard on it, and I, I'm thinking it was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome work. But yeah, I mean, my my dog in the fight is that I want Houston to stay. I'll be honest with you. I, I need it. <laughs> that's where everything started for me, man. That's going looking back there's some good memories there from last year and I really hope it comes across, but either way, I'm going to support the league personally. We, we didn't want to just argue our points and our opinions from what we think. We really wanted to produce some kind of, of information that really makes sense for why we think that. And so I think that's what he did there. And he commented in here, he was talking about his favorite teams, renegades and defenders all the way. And he said the championship was hard for me. <laughs> that was a tough one it, it was like uh you know you see you see that throughout you see that throughout sports you know like the the hot team uh that has a great regular season they 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 end up meeting the hot team in the playoffs that goes on a run and then they lose and so that was a tough one for the defenders to lose to the renegades yes sir I mean, I'm going to move on from this, but I, like I said, I just wanted to share it, guys, see what you thought. And basically having everybody on tonight, I know it gets some eyes on it as well. So I got two more questions and then we'll get to fan questions. I'm not going to ask you 25 fan questions, so we'll kind of pick and choose once we get <laughs> to that point. And some of these will answer, be answered in the next two points. But I mean, what's some major implications for both leagues? And, and let's start with the positives because I already know the negative. So, Mike, if you just want to go from there. You got it. Major implications. You're saying yeah. like uh, major positives or anything that, that? that needs to be noted. So if we got some positives, so, you know, in, in terms of both are merging, we're going to have better gameplay. That's a positive. Both are merging. Yeah, yeah, and we're that's, set teams, that's a negative. So I'm just curious if on you guys and in your opinions, what you think those may be or what we may come across as the merger officially happens. 
I think exposure has a chance to be better. I know NBC's out of the mix, which is of no surprise to me. But like if you've got a fully invested ABC, fully invested Fox, ESPN, and they're cross-promoting, that's one of the things I love about the XFL in 2020. They still have that that Fox game, which was done by uh, uh, Burkhart and Greg Olson, uh, is still the highest-rated non-NFL uh, pro football game since the original XFL. Uh, there was a Guardians Vipers game on Fox. So the cool thing about it was Fox was promoting games that were upcoming on ABC. ABC was promoting games. Around. So I like that marriage. So I do think the exposure marriage can be very good for ratings. Um, uh, obviously, they are not competing against each other. So now you can, you don't, you know, you're not uh, siphoning off the audience. So now you have a chance for growth there. You have one, one home for all non-NFL players to come play in, one prominent home. So their quality of play can be very good. Um, uh, they put their resources together and they handle it correctly. Promotions wise, they can sell a lot of tickets. They can make it the hot. You know, it, it's going to be it's going to take time to push that UFL brand, though, if you're eliminating the XFL and the USFL. So so um, those are the those are the major positives I see exposure, talent, um, pooling their resources together. Um, and so that, that that's some of the, the you know, the major negative is obviously the the short term. Hopefully it's not long term loss of jobs. Um, um, you go from 16 pro football teams in a space to eight. So th those are the those are the, those are the negatives that I see. Understood, Pat. What you think, man? I mean, in the end, as long as they have this league continuing to go and to continuing to employ, you know, these guys who needed the opportunity, that's my biggest win. Unfortunately, it is still the biggest losses. We're cutting those opportunities in half. I mean, we. Oh, there we go. We're back. Oh, what, was the last, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, potential opportunities being cut. Yeah, I mean, cut in know, half. Yeah, I mean that's you know the golden age of football was 2023. You had 16 teams going for what 20 25 weeks or something like that. 26 weeks over the span of you know one calendar year. It doesn't get much better than that. I don't think next year with the fan-controlled football league and the UFL, along with the AFL, the elemental PFL, the IFL, the CIF, I don't think it's going to get my, <laughs> my back in this year. Did. Like, like, you know, some of us who covered both teams did multiple reports every week. And then, you know, that week eight to, you know, week eight of the XFL, when the USFL started to week five of the USFL, man, that was a, that was a lot of content engagement, a lot of previews. That was a lot of me writing about Josh love. If he can take care of the football and trust and trust his tight ends running those seam routes, if they can just hit the seam routes and Reggie Corbin, isn't that good. It was a lot of that. But, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, in terms of the that, that all your positives and negatives there, Pat, and, and implications. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm optimistically, you know, I'm optimistically cautious. I think, like everyone else, you know, I just, 
you know, there's been a lot of speculation and everything going on. I'm just, I'm just kind of at the point where it's like, let's do the damn thing. I'm waiting for Stolly to send me an email saying, Hey man, this is our first zoom, you know, get Greg Palmero, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> Andy Carroll and the boys back on it. And maybe, uh, you know, Sam Acho and, uh, and, you know, Stormy, Stormy Buna, I can't say her last name are on there as well with the random, with the random people from Alabama who used to come on our Zooms and talk with Coach back if AJ <laughs> comes back. The Birmingham Inquirer or the Mobile Inquirer. <laughs> Mark Nelson said, negative is both leagues may be giving up their established brands to downgrade to UFL or something else. That it will, and that's something earlier, you know, like granted the generals are gone this year, but is it if they were to come back in 2025, DeAndre Johnson, so the quarterback throws those 900 yards, do we get that graphic that says DeAndre Johnson, New Jersey Generals, all time passing leader? Um, the kid from the U, the UFM media situation that they got, the, the Mullers kid, um, he brought up some records that were in, you know, a couple months ago that were within reach of the new season as well. That, you know, current Mullers players were within a season, a 10 game season brand of it. You know, obviously the Mullers look to be on the outside looking in on this, but, you know, I think those graphics, like, you know, I think they stepped their graphic game up a little bit, adding in the old and the new and whatnot for their statistical standpoints. So, like you got to think these, these leagues are now, or the USFL is going into their, you know, games 21 through 30 of these franchises like Darius Victor over a thousand yards in the USFL alone, you know, a couple of these other guys, you know, Victor being one of them, you know, AAF, XFL 2020, two seasons in the USFL, getting up to that 2000 yard mark, you know, like this is crazy times to have statistics for over, you know, if you get goofy, I count the 2021 spring league, like, you know, Luis Perez, coming up on probably 7,000, you know, yards. I think he's at 5,500. You know, it's, it's crazy times. Man. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt. Like, I, you know, like losing the uh, one of the big issues I have is, you know, loss of jobs, obviously. Losing these brands, like, it's a, it's bold. Yep. It's pretty – I know they, they're doing an equal merger here, so you don't want to, like – uh, I guess have an XFL absorbing the USFL or USFL absorbing, you know, I think Matthew on one of your shows, I said, I talked about the possibility uh, and I mentioned this other elsewhere as well. Uh, if the XFL were this iteration were to ever fold, you have to do everything within your power to make sure the battle Hawks and defenders survive. Like whether that be the USFL getting them, the CFL, make sure that they don't leave this space. So I'm having a hard time. I wouldn't have done it this way, but I understand it's probably not feasible financially for them to do 16 teams. When does the season start? When does it end? And then, of course, the actual cost of all that. So uh, this isn't like the old the USFL had 18 teams, which they went too big too soon. But um, anyhow, but yes, I'm not sure that letting go of the USFL brand is a good move. And I don't think it is. And letting go of the XFL brand is a good move. And then Pat's saying, you know, Pat likes the history that's attached, the recent history that's attached uh, to these 
players, and then you can add the old history too with the USFL records, with the generals and showboats and whatever. And so, um, you know, the getting behind a whole new brand, you know, part of, you know, so it's, it's not, this is bold. Everything they're doing here is bold and there's no question. I didn't see the need for it. Like for me, I would have, I would have a USFL side and XFL side interconference, like two conferences, but maybe you can't have two conferences with only eight teams, I suppose. I don't know, maybe two divisions, but, but uh, I wouldn't have gotten rid of the brands. I would have kept the brands. And then you can just set the ball, the whole ball of wax at the end could be the United football league championship. When you have the XFL champion, USFL champion meet. And then, you know, so you can share rules. You can do interconference games. You can do all that. That's kind of like I would have done it because that's like the perfect. That's the way I see it. Like if Marvel were to fight DC, uh, you know, I would, you know, I, I don't want like Marvel to take over DC and then it to just be called Marvel. I would like, you know, I, I, I want to see, you know, the DC guys team up against the Marvel guys and fight each other and all that. So I, I, I thought it would have been cool, much more fun than the tribalism that we have in, in this space. If, um, if we had like real trash talk between the USFL and XFL fan bases, like who's better, we still might get some of that in this new UFL uh, merged league. But uh, yeah, losing those brands is tough uh, for me. Yeah, I'm just kind of tired of all the names. <laughs> we got to find a name because it, it's getting old real fast. And I know when the drops came a few months ago or a couple months ago now, it one thing after another with names. I just got sick of it. But you can see here, Mike said, Super Califragilisticexpialidocious FFL. Not <laughs> <laughs> accurate, to be honest with you. <laughs> all right, guys. Last thing I got on my end. I just want to know what your opinion is on everything and how you think this is going to affect the future. I, I mean, your best outlook or your worst outlook, whatever you want to, whatever you want to discuss here. I mean, I, I think this has, a I think this has a chance to be the last chance, you know, like if this doesn't work, um, there'll be others that come around, but like that attempt this. But um, I think this is the last effort for, for this to work on a grand scale um, unless the NFL tries again, because people forget the NFL tried to do a spring slash summer league. They bled money like crazy and then closed up shop. And they did, they had uh, the world league of American football. I lived that with New York, New Jersey Knights. They had teams in Canada. They had teams all over the world. They had teams in markets that were non NFL markets and nobody cared. And I know it's a different world now than it was 1992. Then they did NFL Europe many years. They had so many great players, Hannah Benetieri, Kurt Warner, et cetera. Um, but unless the NFL, and I know that these leagues kind of hope the NFL will fully endorse their new merged league and maybe one day, you know, like start, you know, putting money into it or something and become the official uh, league, developmental league for the NFL. Um but I, I think that's my major takeaway from this. If this doesn't work, I don't see there'll be other leagues that show up. But this has a chance to be a successful, long-lasting spring pro football league. I hope it is. But if this doesn't work, we not we might not see anything that has a legitimate shot like this. So um, unless the NFL is involved. Understood, Pat. What you think? I mean, caution. 
obviously optimistic. You know, I've been making the joke of the uh, of the quality football league. You know, that's that's the next endeavor coming down the pipe in 2030. But um, I mean, it's just I think this is going to be it for a while. You know, with, you know, unless you get Charlie Ebersol figuring it out again, I don't really see this. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we'll be on hiatus for a little bit, which is terrible because, you know, we've consistently, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit this, but we've only had a one year break since 2009 of all football, outdoor all football. We went 09 to 12 in the UFL. We didn't have anything in uh, we didn't have anything in 13. 14 had the fall experimental football league, which saw the way of Josh Freeman, another team that Mike had ripped from him. Brooklyn Bolts, um, which had you know Josh Freeman was in that league. Mike Golick Jr. There's like two or three guys that transitioned to the NFL from that league. I think um, Taj Boyd was in that league. Boyd, yeah, we went yeah. Four- yeah. Um, Jake Heaps, who's Russell Wilson's trainer, was in that league. We trained from that to Brian Woods' spring league, you know, starting out of Westlake High School or Lake Travis High School in Austin, Texas, you know, to the AAF, to – 2020 XFL to the Foxes Spring League in 21 to USFL to so I mean you know we're going on you know years upon years of these leagues existing and thriving to an extent entertaining you know people and I mean it's going to be you know people people don't realize how we've had these leagues and these leagues continue to allow players to have a platform you know, not only to go to the NFL, but to like make a few dollars on the social media side, you know? Yeah. There's been quite a few guys that take off on socials like, uh, uh Kurt Benkart, you know, he, he does a lot on socials yeah. now. Ben Kurt, I don't know how much of the XFL helped him out, but I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. Cause they should have used him for that. You know, they should have used him to, kind of benefit you know and eat off that a little bit but sure. i mean in kj sales and destroying are good enough i guess i don't know no comment <laughs> <laughs> well pat i appreciate that man i mean you got anything else before we move on i'm gonna ask y'all some fan questions and then we'll be ready to roll nah and bring on the fans bring on the fans oh cool all right, let's start with a choppy one first. We had Cody PNW. He's been wanting to ask questions the whole time. And Mike, he kind of started off, you know, attacking you, asking, hey, ask Mike hey, why. The what else do? Yeah, I understand. That's why we're going to, that's why we waited. We're going to patiently pick, well, lost Pat. He'll be back. Patiently break it down. There he goes. There he is. All right, cool. Can you hear us, Pat? Mm, you're muted. We had to go from go. the iPhone to the computer. So no worries, bro. There no worries. Yeah. The stream yard, it's always acting crazy. I've i have issues every single stream, something different happens, it seems like. But yeah. So, so what Cody, do we got, Matt? Cody, someone someone attacking me first? Or what's up? What do we got? 
Yeah, so basically Cody was just wanting to know why why the 18 rumor wasn't true that you had said and uh, he he based that off of the report from the NBC writer. Um well Mike Mike Florio did not dispute that there was going to be eight teams. He just disputed that it's been finalized. The league itself told him that and told John Arrand that it hasn't been finalized. So it's not a rumor because I'm the last guy who wants it to be eight teams. It's just the information. And I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't early on in this stage when people were doing eight and four and six and three and six and four and six and six. I wasn't getting into all that. I I have one close source inside uh, the league that that told me the eight markets. Um, I'm hoping that it is in eight teams. I'm hoping, um, but I one told me that because of budgets, because of finances, um, uh, because of their plan, because of how long the season would be, um, uh, that there's only going to be eight teams in 2024. I've been sold on the fact that there could be more down the road. Now, if it's not eight teams, I'll be happy. But I'm just telling you what someone inside the league. It's not me making it up. It's just so what somebody told me, and that same person told me. That and I told everybody in my inner circle, uh, prior to it coming out, that the merger had been approved by the DOJ, and then I was on social media with the John Snow deal, um, you know, saying that it had been approved, and so um, so prior to the next day, everybody reporting it. So um, so that's kind of the story there. Um, I know people want the eight teams to not be true, but. Um, uh, and so uh, hopefully you get what you want, but I'm just, I'm just the messenger. I'm just telling you what I, what I've been told. Understood. Yeah. I just wanted you to break that down. I, I figured that was going to be the answer. I mean, it, and I'm sure after listening to this, he's probably realized that as well. I don't see any comments coming in from him anymore. So no, it's it, cool. I appreciate it. It's not, it's, I'm not, people are so angry and they're hopeful that I keep getting it every day. I get messages. Uh, hey, Mike, is it going to be more than eight teams? Have you heard anything about them saying maybe 12 or 10 or or whatever? And I'm frustrated as as other people are, too, because I was looking at it like, you know, like, again, it's not my money, but I'm thinking, hey, Fox, you know, hey, uh, you you don't have eight markets anyway. You have teams sharing stadiums anyway. Why not just do what you were doing before? Just, you know, hey, just have the these teams playing with the Stallions and playing with the showboats and all that. Um, You know, you know, I mean, the. It's like you're not spending that much more money. You're not, you know, so I want there to be more teams that, that what I want as an individual and what the information that I get are two different things. Um, so um, and I and I tried to steer clear of it. A lot of people out there did this. The Neil Stratton's, everybody else did this, what they heard, too. But I don't know where they were getting stuff. And some people were fed like agenda driven stuff only from one side of the fence yep. where people were like wishful thinking. Um, uh, the absorption stuff and all that. So it's um, I steered clear of that six and six, eight and four, nine and three, this and that and the other, until I got information that was, and I shared it with people in my inner circle, Pat and others. Is like, hey, this is what I got, and even the people were mad at me, like I wouldn't that I didn't trust them as sources. But when I get one very close source inside the league that's in a pretty prominent spot. I have to trust that information. So those are the eight markets. I will gladly, and it's not me eating crow. It's just information that I'm relaying to everybody else. 
I will be the happiest person in the world if all of a sudden they, on a whim, changed and said, let's do 10, 12, 11. I don't give a damn what the number is. I'll be the happiest person in the world if that happens. Understood. Understood. Good answer. No, I didn't want to hit that first, but man, he was on it the whole show. No, it's cool. I'd rather... I'd rather be addressed because I don't frequent like um I don't frequent a lot of these different there's a lot of outlets out there that have some interesting opinions about me and people screenshot and send me things and I'm I'm fascinated by it. Um and but I I will I'd rather address it like if people have like certain things they want to say, let's go. Let's talk about it. Agreed. Agreed. And that's what we're doing here. We're not trying to shut people out and say, hey, this is fact. Shut up. We're talking. We're discussing. You know, They have the opportunity to interact and ask this for that purpose. Pat, you got anything you think on that before we move on? I just wanted to ask you. I didn't know if, if you know. Okay. No, I mean, I, I think that was obviously more directed at Mike. I mean, for sure. You know, it's a uh, I mean, I've I've seen some of the stuff Mike's showed me, and I've uh, you know heard some of the things that have been a part of his source team and whatnot. I don't know. The only thing that really irks me is when you got people who aren't on. You know, who are the sources? Who are the sources? Who are the sources? And I mean, dude, I there was a couple of USFL signings that like. I knew months out that they were going to happen from, you know, I do some work with their agents and I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't go out and, you know, because I don't, I don't need to be the first dude to tweet that, that like X player got signed and whatnot. I mean, like, it's just, sometimes you just got to respect the friendship or or the professional relationship, you know, with that coach or that agent that you know rather than just get like an extra nine likes on twitter or something like that man like yeah sometimes you know. yeah exactly and i'm really and like that's a cool i respect that pat because I, I i'm i'm the same way with that like i'm not i don't label myself as an insider by the way that's i still haven't done that and i'm not fishing for likes or engagement or impressions or any of that stuff and a lot of the information that i get is off the record so it's um but I share with people that are close to me because the people that I trust. And so, so they know what the deal is. And when they say, where do they get these sources from? They don't realize that people are like in on conference calls that are getting direct emails that are sent to staff members, um, you know, from presidents and such. So they don't understand that it's not uh, uh, the night I, the night prior to when I said things were approved, um, um, I did it in a, a sneaky way because I didn't want to blow up the spot of the individual who gave me the information, but I wanted to do it like as like a like a like a fun little thing. But you know, you get you get a lot of people who can get upset at you in this space. And that you know, that night I was it was treated like guesswork, and it wasn't guesswork. Like it's not um, a lot of this. Nothing I put out there is ever going to be guesswork. I wish I could do guesswork stuff. That's fun. That's like fan stuff. That's for fan people to do. If you're in a position where you're a writer or journalist, you can't do guesswork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I also, I also, like, yeah. I mean, I also just don't want to, uh, 
I'd rather hold the information and be and be right than you know put it out and be wrong like me 100%. You know, I don't like I said a couple of these a couple of these guys that like I talk to we do work outside of the XFL and the USFL and you know those guys compensate me fiscally in another aspect of my life so it's like I really I really am not going to mess up our personal or professional relationship because you let me know that what Clayton Thorson is doing, you know, I mean, <laughs> much respect to Clayton, but you know, it's just Understood. not, it's not worth it on some aspects. Understood. All right, let's roll on. Appreciate that answer guys. And, and it, it's good to, to, for here, for people to hear you say that. Cause I mean, it, they're just waiting for one negative thing, one wrong, one wrong piece of information, one wrong episode, one wrong article, and they just want to attack. So, when you back up your, you know, it's funny, Matthew. I just, I just want to say this. Like, if people don't get this, I got a screen capture of some. I'm not on Facebook much, and I know this whole show goes on Facebook. Um, I'm, I'm not on Facebook at all, but I had somebody screen capture. Uh, you know the. They were they were saying that Mike Mitchell saying this whole thing's been approved by the DOJ, but it's not on their website. How would he know that? And then uh, one of the comments on the Facebook was uh, that um, I have mansions um, that that I'm I wish you know like that I had like mansions and jets and all this stuff that I'm using the public for information. I couldn't even believe that that was the narrative uh, that I'm. <laughs> so i was like what so it was like but it's just funny what people will come up with you know it's just like a, but uh but it was it's just uh you know anyhow anyhow it's just the space this space is unique this space is unique very much so xfl mike g said do you think once the merger is completed it'll be easier to attract investors that's their Absolutely. hope that's a very good question by mike that's I don't think so, but I think they have to, you have to, I think you got to prove the product. I think you got to prove, you got to prove the product to them. Like at this, yeah, you got to prove it. Um, uh, that's the thing with the USFL. They thought like the, their first season in 2022 was almost like a trumped up infomercial to, to rope in uh, investors and owners. And then it didn't really kind of work out. And then, so that's what they're, they were hoping to get an owner, uh, someone to buy the stallions someone to buy you know so they were, but they didn't get that at this point and redbird's hoping this for the same thing for investors you know like we started off this conversation both uh entities have uh, hired big time firms to 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 rope in investors and uh or get owners and they're going to have to prove the product they think they have a better chance of selling off these franchises under this new merged league than because it, it didn't work out so far for them a comment here foosball fans said they can't even get investors to buy one franchise yet people are hazing ownership for buying only eight gift horse may have an ugly mouth so be it i get this what foosball fan is saying yeah, yeah i'm get. i get what foosball's fans getting at uh getting there you know you can't you know you know, you can't expect if they, they you can't expect them to have a 20 team league if they're they're struggling to do an 18 thing. I get it. All right, let's move on. Pat, did yeah, you I have mean, anything I'm, on I'm that? Gonna, yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, you gotta you gotta find you know worldwide technologies, Stiefel in St. Louis, you know, in DC, you get like a Kevin Durant, 
you know, someone local DMV. I mean, you know, something that really irks me is you had, you know, Diddy years ago when he wanted to buy the Panthers and was talking all this trash about, you know, you know, he kind of made it more of a uh, political statement. And it's like, man, you got eight, eight, well, at the time, 16 franchises you could buy right now. Go, go do it, dude. You got the money, you know? You know, I, you know, some some people complain to complain, but I th- I think personally you got to get like, it, it, this is gonna sound crazy, but you got to get like a guy like Gronk to buy one of these. You know, got a guy, you know, hell, Mr. Beast would be, Ooh, you know, that's big, yeah. to, you know, like, you get Mr. Beast to buy like, you know, I just bought a football team. He makes a video on it, like. A kid gets hundreds of millions of views. You're telling me if Mr. Beast threw, can't throw like ten million dollars, five million dollars to to like buy an XFL team? Like it, that would cover it, right? Like would that cover it? Five to ten? It would help. Like, yeah, I, it would help. It would yeah. help because I mean, here's the thing: it's not just it's not just buying the franchise. It's getting somebody to assume the ex, uh, the expenses and the costs of operating. So it's yeah, like, I mean, you know, you, yeah, you, that's the thing. Like, that's the, what the, the goal is, is like somebody buys the stallions for whatever they're pricing at. And then and yeah. then that individual pays the players and pays for the travel and pays yeah. for all that. But that's hard to get owners. That's that's not as easy as people think it is. And then and then uh, if you do get owners, you, you, you then you want good ones. Because you often get guys who are uh, can't wait to own their own pro football franchise, and then five minutes into it, go, "What the hell have I gotten myself into? I got to get the hell out of this." I didn't realize how damn expensive this was. It's not as fun as I thought it would be. That's what happened to the U- USFL back in the day. They had so many bad owners. Um, the cr- the crazy guy, you know, that everybody dislikes Trump. He paid the bills. His players loved him, and they love him to this day. Herschel Walker, Doug Flutie, all those guys—they swear by him. They think he's the greatest human being that ever lived. But there's a bunch of owners in that league that were players were so upset that they were going to their house with guns to to, <laughs> to get their money and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Owners were swapping franchises and doing all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff in that league. So I know there's a certain narrative that's out there. So it's not easy to get good ownership. Um, that's their goal of the. Don't make no mistake. Uh, that's the goal of Fox. That's why they have a shared interest in this. That's the goal of Fox. That's the goal of Redbird is to try to drum up investors. They think maybe they can make this a hotter property. Redbird's expectations were way too high and they didn't put in the effort that was necessary to uh, like a Vince McMahon, crazy man effort to make it a, a, a smashing success. And Fox is taking the slow approach that hoping that they're waiting for that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And it hasn't quite, they don't quite see it right now the way they did in the beginning. So that's why I think these entities are together. Um, so, so we'll see how it all goes, but I think they can get investors, whether or not celebrity owners is cool too, but they have to be committed like, like the FCF, no disrespect to them. They're a niche product. They have like these funny, like celebrity owner things, but it didn't really, it's not really resonating. I know it's a different landscape, a different world, but it's like, Hey, Mar- you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch owns his team or who, whomever the hell nobody, nobody really cares. So it's like, but but you can do it if it's you can do it on a big pro football scale, make it work. They just have to be, they just have to be quality owners. They have to be really committed to it, like a Troy Aikman or somebody, or so somebody like you know, who, like somebody who has some of that kind of bread. 
that's really into it that would be cool to see but i, I think it might take a while they're gonna have to prove their product in order for them to to get owners and investors in it uh they have a chance the, i don't have no doubt about the quality of it the presentation i happen to dig the fox side of it i think abc and espn could could do a better job with it that's one of the things i like about the usfl um over the xfl um so i i would i i think i think they have an opportunity to grow it and make it better than it has been 10-4 pat you got a roll man you got to get out of here yeah i just want to i just wanted to um preface uh piggyback off what adam l said at his comment he wrote nobody wants to admit it but the original usfl i originally usfl had the right idea when they paid top college players to join their league that's why their league had a chance to succeed well and foosball fan says and ultimately why it failed well there was a couple reasons obviously trying to compete against the the uh you know fall and whatnot and bad ownership but adam not to you know chaff at anything you're saying um you can't do that anymore. Kids are making one and two at the time. The reason why the USFL was so sexy in the eighties was one, you were paying these guys, you know, the million dollar contracts, but two, they had to stay in school for four years. Why, you know, like Cam Ward in Washington state, man, like he stays in college for a year or two more. He's going to make $3 million. Cam Ward's not an NFL quarterback, my man. Like, there's no incentive for these guys to come out and be professional athletes. It's like, you got to. That ship has sailed now. Yeah. That ship has sailed now. That dream, that dream of like, we'll get the college guys early, the Adrian Peterson types, that has sailed. The NIL, it's gone. You might have had a shot at that, like maybe whatever, five or six years ago. Maybe if you had really put some serious bankroll. And the XFL in 2020, uh, Vince a nut. The XFL, yeah, was legitimately went after Trevor Lawrence. Like met with his family, all that stuff. They 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 went in. So um, so I mean, (laughs) they were gonna try. They they knew it wasn't gonna happen, but they were gonna try. But um, and Trevor's a different case. But that ship is sailed now. You know, these leagues. Here's the thing. Like, I'm sorry, Pat. Go ahead. There is no incentive for a college football player to come to come early out of college I'm, this is going to be a journey there's no incentive for a college football player to come early out of college to come sign with an XFL or USFL team if they still have eligibility and they have the ability to play at an FCS or an FBS school now if you're like Harrison Frost who's out of West Georgia which is a division 2 right. school and his NIL check is about $1,900. Adam, come on, man. Don't be, don't, no, you guys are being silly. This is upsetting me because <laughs> I literally used the example of Cam Ward. Like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. He you said, can, if that no, were you true, can't listen. No college. I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this about, I'll say this about Adam's point. If you're in a, if you're one of the football ops guys in this league, you should still try. Yeah. 
to 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 try to find the hidden yeah. gems in college. To try to see if and you, you can, try you know, to press hundred pounds, but doesn't mean you know it's a smart <laughs> thing to do. I hear what but you're no, saying. You yeah, but that's but crazy. you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna entice. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Pat. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I get yeah, where I Adam's mean, like, going, but I get where he's going. Yeah, but I don't think you know we we you know it'd be cool to have Cam Ward or even De'Aaron King. We sped his development up, you know. Let's obviously he got there anyway, but you know, De'Aaron King would have made millions of dollars with NIL and whatnot. Look at what his NFL yes. career is. He spent one week on an NFL practice squad, and you know what he did? He was Lamar Jackson for the Panthers when they played the Ravens that week. And as soon as the Ravens were gone, he was gone. That's what Cam Ward's yep. gonna do. That's what these other quarterback, Graham Mertz, all these guys, Kyle McCord, and then they'll just be known as the Ohio State quarterback and whatnot, man. Like, don't waste my time with that, buddy. I'm sorry, but like, no, there's the, the incentive to stay in college because what is it? The 1% of FBS guys go or, you know, go to the NFL and whatnot. It's milk. That yeah, let's, let's milk 2%. That. Yeah. Less than 2% yeah. of all college nope. football players make yeah. it to the NFL. Yeah, now you got your Kenny Robinsons and whatnot, like, but that was a different time too. And he still got sure. drafted. He was going to up his income and in his draft stock because guess was what? Cool. He was going to go the, yeah, 70 grand from the XFL before the pandemic and then up your draft stock, took him from being a UDFA to your fifth round pick, and the guys made over three million dollars in the NFL. Yeah, that was cool as hell to have an actual XFL player get drafted by an NFL team. That was really cool as hell. And it was a great story. You know, he's a family adversity, parent with cancer, all that. That was very cool. Like uh, um, what he did and what he's accomplished so far. And and he's looks like he's going to be in this league again with the Stallions. So, but um, yeah, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah, him and Gary Jennings. But guys, I'm gonna get out of here. Thank you guys for having me on tonight, man. Hey, Matt, Pat, we we de we definitely been on for very long. Thanks, Pat, bro, yeah. for coming on. Thank you, sir. No Appreciate it greatly. No Reach yeah. out anytime. I'll share all your socials and stuff in the show notes. Easily cookable, just like Always. last time. Thank you, sir. Thank <laughs> you, man. man. Appreciate your time. All right. Appreciate a few more you. questions. Yeah, yeah let's do awesome. let's do two or three more, two man. More. Then we're gonna hop off. This is a long one for sure. I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta pee like a race. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, da, da, da. let's go with this one right here. Could the new league potentially open itself up to lawsuits? Example: coaches that get laid off that turn down other opportunities. I, I think there's a possibility that you could see some lawsuits. Um, it's hard though. It's, I don't know if you have a leg to stand on with that. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you're, you could try to fight it and there's going to be definitely a lot of, a lot of rancor, a lot of people that are upset about losing their jobs, being strung along. Some people that, you know, who've just signed letters of intent to, for example, to be with the Vipers and then they're not in or or uh, people who signed on with the generals or the stars or any of these teams 
uh, that are not going to be a part of this merge league in 2024. I'm sure you can attempt it, but I don't know if people have a legal leg to stand on with that. You know, it's just unfortunate. But, you know, there's just going to be some people out of the mix here that just end up with a short end of the stick, unfortunately. Yes, sir. Just curious what you thought about that as well. Uh, let's good, move on to question. another one. Um, what is the impact that the Seattle market and the repercussions of the league moving from that city? Oof. Well, it's going to be now they, they might do we're pressing pause and the dragons are coming back now, whether or not the Seattle market, because they're not going to, they're going to have to paint this in a way if they're not, you know, unless at the 11th hour, all of a sudden they add Seattle to the mix and they have 12 teams. I, I keep hoping for that scenario. I haven't heard that yet. I keep hearing eight, right? But you're going to have to do a pretty good sell job. You're going to have to sell people on the fact that you're coming back to that market. Uh, Seattle wasn't handled well in the 2023 version. Not only were they not in the market, which was not a lot of local promotion going on, but they, the games were scheduled poorly um, up against the Kraken, some odd game times for it. So they didn't do as well as they did back in 2020. Um, I like the Dragons. I like their colors, the logo, the whole thing. I mean, very cool team. I like that coaching staff a lot. Jim Hazlitt. There's a lot of assistance on that staff that I like a lot. So it's uh, it, it's unfortunate if they go by the wayside. I know people who work for Seattle, and they're already preparing for the possibility of moving to Memphis and being a part of the Memphis franchise in the new league or being part of one I know, one person in the Seattle organization that's going to be ready to go to Michigan and these people that work in promotions and ticket sales and all that. So um, hard to go back when you leave a market. That's the thing with these leagues too, like over the years of following them, you know, uh, the instability, um, it hurts the these leagues' growth and popularity. It's hard to trust these leagues. You know, first off, it's hard to trust that they'll exist and stick around, and then it's hard to trust that they'll stay in the actual markets they're in. Um, so they tend to abandon ship, and that's what a, a lot of these leagues in the past have had problems with. They've, um, they've, they've like moved their franchises. So like, okay, you move it to a new market, the new market that gets the team thinks, well, why should I trust that this team's going to stay here? They just left, you know, Baltimore and Boston or what have you. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's going to be tough for, you know, they're going to have to do a serious sell job to say, you know, when they come back, when they come back with only eight teams and certain, uh, markets are out of the mix for at least 2024. Um, Going back there is not going to be easy. Understood. Yeah, it, that's a good point. And even like Cody, he's going crazy for Seattle. <laughs> we never said anything bad about Seattle either, Cody. I don't know where that came from, honestly. I like uh, Seattle, man. I wish the ex. I wish all these teams were like I said. If it was up to me, there would there would be sixteen teams that both these leagues would be together, and they would they would push forward that way. I don't even care if you hub it. Um, just like as certain teams, but I, I would have 16 teams before, I, but it's not up to me. Yes, sir. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Last question, Mike, and then we're going to wrap it up. Appreciate your time, dude. It's been two hours. Lord, every time Crazy. We get on, we I, probably, I always ramble on way too long too. So I apologize for that, but I don't uh, think thank you. you All information has been relevant and everybody will listen. And I guarantee you'll have to listen again just to catch some of those details, but it, it, it's good. Yeah. I mentioned, I meant like if I have to condense everything I said, I mentioned what the DOJ got back to the, to the leagues about more about uh, paring down staff 
staff and employees and coaches and players. And I mentioned a few other different things. Who knows? We've been talking for about 17 hours straight. But we got another question, right, Matthew? Last one, buddy. Last one. All right. Brahma Babe said, I feel each brand brings a very different feel to spring football. I'm curious how will they combine the styles to one, produce a new one, or two, will it just be so awkward? It could be awkward. You know, there's like there's some USFL loyalists that don't like the XFL kickoff. Um, there's some XFL fans that really love the kickoff. So if the kickoff is a part of this league, you're gonna have some people that are happy, the unhappy. So there's the awkwardness there. Um uh, the other way around too, you know. So if there's no no XFL kickoff, there's some unique rules. And both leagues share a lot of rules. Uh, um, you know, the both leagues have the the uh, double pass. They both have the the overtime shootout concept. You know, a little bit tweaks here and there. Some similarities there. They both have they have they have several the the running the clock rules, um, the replay rules. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that they share that's similar. So uh that's gonna be unique too like um we get mike Pereira and dean blandino still working for the network still kind of part of the rule do they team up together uh for things you know put those two minds together to work together for the rule book that's one area i think the this new league the xfl usfl ufl uh, that's one area where i think they can be so much better than the nfl and they have been in some instances is officiating um, especially when it comes to transparency, use of technology, the NFL is still so behind when it comes to they're getting there are some instances where they use technology, but not really. They're so behind, and like officiating is one of my biggest pet peeves with the NFL. I know people, a lot of people think the games are rigged, or guys are refs are on the take, or maybe, or who knows, or the league leans towards whatever, whatever conspiracy theory you lean towards. I, I think officiating is very awful. In the NFL, I think they do just a hard. They don't use the technology to get the calls right, and so um, and I, I think uh, the XFL, uh, the XFL, UFL, whatever it's called, uh, can do a very good job with that. And I, I do think getting both fan bases, because there are like crazy people like me that watch both leagues, but there are some fans that don't care for the other league, and there are so I know a lot of XFL fans that don't care. Think the USFL is a boring, bland product. So, and maybe it's the other way around too. So, um, so yeah, there, there's going to be some awkwardness. That's the stuff I'm looking forward to is seeing how they run football operations, how they do the football rules. Um, and so, um, uh, do they, is it a mix of the two leagues? Is it just one unified whole new thing? Um, I'm looking forward to those, that aspect together. So hopefully we get to this, hopefully a week from now, they don't wait till Christmas week from now we finally get the finalized which you know i guess i read the term earlier today that i got from the league um but the term they're saying is they're operating as separate entities until we finalize the terms of the definitive agreement and so um so that's what <laughs> and that's a recent statement that's not a two months ago statement that's a today statement so, wow. um, so, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, so that's, uh, cause I, you know, I was asking about the whole situation with the stallion signing Gary Jennings. So, um, so that's the response I got. So there, you know, uh, until we, hopefully we get those details and then, uh, we move forward here and, uh, it's going to be fascinating. It'll be interesting for sure. At least we know we're still getting spring pro football in 2024. We just exactly. don't know all the details yet. Yeah.
Understood. Hey, Cody said, I also apologize for going off. Tired of a lot of the speculation. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good, Cody. I love that there are people out there that are interested in these leagues. Um, and uh, I'm tired of all the speculation, too. That's why I took a bow. I took a back seat when everybody was doing the six and six, eight and four, nine and three. There's going to be six teams from here. They're all going to be in hubs. Uh, a lot of reporters and people are out there with it. I just really, I like faded into the darkness. I'm not getting into this because I got every scenario under the sun. And th that's why anything I do put out there, I realize that my reputation, whatever reputation I have is at, at stake. So I wouldn't go forward with the eight unless I, you know, unless I got it from a very strong source. And I can tell you, like, you know, the people that are close to me and Matthew's had some conversations with me off the air. Uh, they know exactly where I'm getting this stuff. And then people actually, um, they're surprised at what I'm getting. And then I get people in the leagues that want to know how I'm getting company emails from the president of the damn league. So um, they're upset about all that. So the information I get is not, is not guesswork and it's not, um, you know, just like some random, like, you know, guy who works in the ticket office kind of info. I wouldn't go forward with all that. But I think it's cool that so many people out there are into these leagues and that they care. Um, we need more of them. We need more Cody's. Agreed. Keep it civil, but definitely care. You know, you're going to have some emotions if you care about something. There's no way around that. That's just life. It's it's cool going off, and I like debating stuff. But Debate, you know, it's debating like, is one thing, but being toxic or being super negative, it, yeah. you can't really get much of a conversation out of that. And I'm being a little negative. Look, I'm being negative too. I'm not like selling this like merger. Like at the beginning when they announced the, the, the intent to merge or whatever, I was so excited. I was like, I'm so down for this. I can't wait. I think this is awesome. And then when you stop and take a breath back and you think about it and you go, oh man, this might not be exactly how I want it. You know, and then you start thinking about all the, it's not to say that it can't still be awesome. Um, it's just that like certain things you might have to give up in order for this to last longer. They, they be, these leagues are surviving. They want to thrive. They, that's why they're doing this. That's why they're, they're at the table doing this because I don't think they think they can survive for much longer. And both sides, Fox and Redbird want to thrive. They want to be like, they want to hit a, a grand slam. They want to hit a home run. They don't just want to get on base. That's what this tells me, the, this whole merger deal. Understood, sir. Mike, I appreciate you coming on, man. Seriously, another good round, another two hours of talking. It's always fun, <laughs> man. You're always welcome. And I'll tell you, me and many others are just watching, waiting for your word on what's going on. So thank you for being vigilant and doing doing your job. Thank you. And like I said one last time, I heard Roughnecks are still going to be a part of this. So and you're making a lot of people happy with that comment. I yeah. I, I, and then I understand that might upset a lot of the, the gamblers uh, supporters out there. That's what sucks about all this. Right. But uh, I haven't heard otherwise, but I mean, you know, maybe there's a compromise there and the gamblers end up being part of it with Wade Phillips as their head coach, um, which is awkward. I know, but uh, that's, from what from as of last night, as of conversations I had last night with people in the league, um, Houston's gonna be. I can't see how you do the Houston team without Wade Phillips, too. So, uh, you know, and all the AJ Smith, all that. So, um, we'll see how it goes. We're gonna find out soon enough, 
soon enough with i would say within i would say within a week i think we should i should we by this time late next week um we should have something we should i think we're getting very close to it um you cannot afford to push this all the way i know there's a lot of paperwork they need to do a lot of stuff they need to finish up with they're jeopardizing their own leagues if they don't get this out there now, get it out of the way and set the stage for what they need to do. Sell tickets, ramp up promotion, create a proper ramp way to do good business. So, uh, so anyhow, thanks Matthew for having me on. It was a good conversation. Same, same Mike. I appreciate you, man. Is there anything you want to tell the people or, or uh, they know where to find you by now? I'll have your stuff rolling. I'll have yeah. it included. But just give you yeah yeah so, so support support these support these leagues uh, support the writers people out there uh, check out the sites I'm glad Pat was on tonight um, check out News Hub there's a lot of good sites out there right now uh, Sports Illustrated's doing a good job they're doing good things they're getting into this field I would check out some of their work on CFL you'll definitely see Sports Illustrated be a part of this Anthony Miller is doing a very good job out there you'll definitely see Sports Illustrated start to be a part of this. Uh, this new merged league covering the league. So um, uh, there's a lot of good work by Matthew and other people in this space. Uh, a shout out xflboard.com, Greg Parks. Shout out uh, to XFL Newsroom. Shout out to XFL News Hub. Everybody who's out there contributing to this space, all the great writers out there and all the people. Keep doing it. I know these are like very uncertain and crazy times, but, um, you know, so, but uh, it, it, the space needs you. Agreed, agreed. You keep being an all-star, Mike. We appreciate you, man. Until next time, sir. Thank you. Much love. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the support, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. Much respect and much love to you as well, my friend. Until next time. Thank you. All right. Wrapping it up. Appreciate that. It's always fun when Mike comes on. Pat came on as well. Appreciate both those guys. Really, really value their knowledge and their writings, their works, their research. So check them out if you haven't. Be included in the show notes. And I've had it rolling throughout most of the show there at the bottom. Right, uh, Mike actually writes for XFL News Hub as well. So check that out. And that's USFL News Hub also. He does a lot of things with the New York Jets also. So check them out if you haven't. It's a good resource. Um... I'm not going to do too much on my end tonight. It's been a good show. It's been a long one. Appreciate everybody watching, supporting, commenting. And even if you're a little salty about what's going on, I value that that information and the questions and discussions. So thank you for watching and supporting. It's always a pleasure. I want to shout out the uh, Predator couple. They said they're watching from Vegas. So this is my Houston family here. Check out their petition that they've started. It, it wasn't them, but it was in the, the realm of the fans there. And then check it out. I'll include the link in the show notes as well. And they put it in the comments. Sign it if you got a chance. I think we started when I first picked it up. It was running at like 80, 80 signatures. Now it's around 900 something, 916, 920, something like that. So check that out. Big shout out to them and all the super fans down there that are doing the work, getting the word out and representing the roughnecks. Hopefully we'll have our team next year, guys. <clears throat> uh not going to share any more comments, questions. I'm done. Hopefully we get some news next week. Mike said we should be looking at next week for something. Now I'll tell you, I will be out of pocket. I've got some medical stuff going on that week. 
So I should be back next weekend. If something drops, we'll definitely do a show. We'll get somebody on or we'll just discuss the, discuss the news ourselves. Uh, thanks to the team, the insider podcast, the XFL insider podcast team, a great group of people that's got on board and people that have already been on board, uh, worked like DeMarcus. DeMarcus has done great work there. Mike G he's done great work getting the word out. Brahma babe supporting. I mean, Avion with all his posts on Twitter, X, whatever, all great people, man. Check them out that we're doing work here and we got some things coming. It just takes so much time. I didn't really expect this to drop this week, so we had to drop everything to have these shows, and so picking it back up. But I will tell you, there will be some big things dropping soon with us, and I'm trying to get it done. It's just a lot for when when you're doing the background stuff alone. It's stuff that I never understood. I had to really delve into deep. Uh, Appreciate Mike and Pat again. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to XFL for letting me cover the league. I appreciate everything. And thank you to XFL board for, for helping me out, getting me off my feet when we started this. And still we, we have a good partnership there of trading content and just having discussions. And, and Mark Nelson is a great guy there at XFL board. So continue to check them out. Great riders there. It, it's always fun guys. And it's a pleasure. And when you get in this community and see all the support that is there and all the people that are networking and discussing information, it really drives it home that this matters and it needs to matter to all those that's involved. I know they have to make money and that that's a for sure thing, but we, we got to love our leagues. We got to love our teams, whether USFL, XFL, whatever it, it is what it is. Thank you guys again for everything. Uh, yesterday I had some audio issues. So the recording I did with the gridiron crew was a little choppy. It used my computer microphone instead. It sounds decent, but that's not what we look for. So just noted that as well as the ending got left off for some reason. So the episode just kind of quit. <laughs> so my bad. It, it streaming art gets a little weird sometimes, especially when you're doing everything live. But In other news, I will let you guys know on socials what's going on in terms of the next episode and the expansion. And just pay attention, like, follow, and share, please. Like this episode, share it, follow us everywhere, please. Social media has gone up tremendously over the past nine, 10 months, and we hope to keep growing it. That's what started this. But now the platform's the show. So really trying to just get it more out there. Thank you for everyone supporting, commenting, and liking. Appreciate it. Look forward to the future and whatever happens in this crazy spring football world we're living in. Until next time, guys, I hope you have a good night. Stay safe and keep supporting your league, no matter which one it is. Peace out.